Hola, gringos. Welcome back to the Talking to the Joy is Gone podcast. The greatest, wordiest, most outgoing and possibly insultingiest, totally a word, podcast on the internet that may not actually be the most popular podcast on the internet. I, as ever, am Rooney, the gregarious, intelligent, good-looking member of this uh, co-hosting crew that sat opposite me is a snorting mystery man whose name I never know until he tells me it. Hola, Jose. <laughs> ah, buenos dias, Jose. Yeah. Esta? Welcome to the greatest podcast on earth. <laughs> may, or not, may or may not be true. <laughs> by a man who thinks way too much of himself and a man that feels so little about himself that he changes his name constantly so no one knows it's him. <laughs> I didn't say this, did I, actually? I got called out on youtube of all fucking places the other day oh. for not using my real name on the internet by who um some guy mark someone you know right no because they no. wouldn't know that's oh so someone listened to our episode and was just like this motherfucker's a lie oh no no it wasn't a real name wasn't on one of our videos there was a um, oh okay you seen the crazy lady at ripped gym no Oh, she's been um, she's refusing, been refusing to shut, despite the fact that gyms are supposed to be closed in this lockdown. Oh, okay. um, she went on social media saying we're open, we're refusing to shut down, blah blah blah. And then the following day, she got shut down by the police. Uh, they she got ah. fined, and there were like ten people. Pardon me, there were ten people in the gym using it when they shouldn't have been. Got fined, and um, they all got fined as well. Uh, I think they did it. They've done it twice now. They've had to shut her down, and she got arrested. The second time, I believe. And there's video for it. She took a video of her, like, trying to defend it. Oh, no, common law. Oh, common law. I'm using this under common law. I don't I don't agree to be in any contracts with you. And the police officer's like, well, that's great. But, you know, this is yeah. the current statute. You're in violation of it. Point me to the manager or I'll just arrest you. Um, so she gets arrested anyway. Your Harlow, as they do, um, decided to go and interview her, giving this <laughs> nut job airtime. Why and she not bring her on the podcast? Because I... Oh, no, I can't do... I, we can't repel stupidity of that magnitude. <laughs> I mean, she. I, I mean, sorry, I didn't say. I can. I can <laughs> catch, I can no, catch stupidity no, no. with stupidity. I saw what happened to you when you looked up the Donald Trump conspiracy theory. Okay, you wouldn't. You wouldn't repel it. You would adopt it. You would embrace it and become one with it. Yeah. But anyway, I called her a, a nutter because she comes across as a fucking tinfoil hat wearing thing. So, oh, the government are controlling us and oh, blah 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 blah. Um, so I was like, what an absolute nutter. And some geezer replied to my comment on the, on this YouTube video. Um, at least she's not hiding behind a fake name. And I was like, the actual fuck. <laughs> I mean, at this point in time, right? I mean, a who, aside from your surname, no one really knows that your name's not. Strangers don't know that your name's not actually Rooney. No, more. But, pe- as I explained but, to you in my reply comment, more people know me as Rooney. Than yeah. under my real name. <laughs> if you went out into the world as beep, people would be like, Who, "Who's this motherfucker?" Fuck are you, mate. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't. But I had a brush with the law again this week. Did you? Pulled over again. <laughs> Whatever day it was. What day was it? Thursday. Did you come round to see me? Yeah. Didn't come in my house. Stood socially no. distanced on my drive. Did stroke Even my when dog. We had to chase your dog down the road. Yeah. <laughs> it's, did uh, stroke my dog, so I've been ignoring her. 
I'm isolating from the dog for a few days, just in case. Um, yeah, I took her out, literally, after she went running down the street and went on a bit of a random one. I uh, I was like, she's got to go out. So I took her out, and I'm driving home. Same place as last time. So I pull out of um, the car park at Bar Maid, and I, yeah. turn, I swing a left. I'm coming down. And that is, that's one of my most hated roads in the world anyway, because of the amount of fucking cars that are parked either side. <laughs> leaving just enough space for like one car to squeeze through yeah that's my one of my biggest driving bugbears is just the amount i understand it but <laughs> i drive down that road like when i'm when day. i'm going to yeah. work four times a day <laughs> but anyway i come out of there drive the police coming towards me i drive past them and then i look in my rear view and i watch them use somehow <laughs> special driving skills <laughs> to do a u-turn in the road like where there's no space to do any fucking thing yeah on the road. and they follow good. me so i turn left onto southern way and they turn left onto southern way and i'm thinking right i know <laughs> i know where this before. Is i know this so i chuck a right onto my street oh no onto that bit towards my street yeah, yeah they chuck a right i do another right to come down towards my street and then bad lights go on so i pull over by the side of the road a fucking four Four officers crowd my car. And wow. I'm like, I, at least I didn't get out this time. Last time, I didn't really know what <laughs> the protocol was because I'd never been pulled over before. So I was trying to get out, out of the car to talk to them. Yeah. This time, I just wound down my window and sat there. And they're like, turn the car off, turn the car off. And I was like, all right, all right. Give me your license. And I gave them my license. And then I had to want like the Spanish Inquisition. Literally, like <laughs> non-stop questions. I think one of them was a bit timbered in because he couldn't use the... They got the little thing. They put your license number in, and then it gives yeah. you like, is this car insured? Is this car registered to this person? Blah yeah, blah yeah. blah. But he couldn't work it, so he's there <laughs> for about ten minutes trying to figure this shit out. While this other officer's like, uh, "Where, where were you born? Where do you live? How long have you lived there?" Blah blah blah. Like a million questions, and I'm just like, I said at one point, I, I was really super polite. I was a bit, I was a bit shook. I'm not gonna lie, but I was a bit, I was really super polite. And eventually I was like, can I just ask, like, why? Why you've stopped me? <laughs> I, I stopped her. Is it because I'm wearing a night jacket and a new, a new, era, <laughs> new era cap? Is that, is, is, is that why you went for me and not the other person? But I didn't, I didn't want to antagonize him too much. Um, and he's like, oh, it's just a routine traffic stop. And I'm like, how is it a routine traffic stop when you pull a UE in the road, follow me, and then pull me over? Like, Surely, you know Harlow. You know where I'm driving is a dead-end fucking street. I can't get out without me doing a UE and then whizzing <laughs> past you. So why leave it so long to pull me over? And why are you asking all these questions about, like, where I was born, where I live? Have I always lived there? Like, motherfuckers. And then, like, and then eventually, he was just like, oh, all right, go about your business. I'm just... <laughs> long live the empire yeah literally i mean my entire life whenever i've seen the police i've always been like oh imperials are about <laughs> imperials. i've never been a fan of the police i've done i probably should cut that out <laughs> i've only ever known two police officers in my entire life that i actually respected <laughs> and i knew them both through you um <laughs> which is why i don't want to come down too hard on the police but uh yeah, motherfuckers just pulling me over for no reason. Most, most of them don't do themselves any favours, really. I mean, 
<laughs> I've had it before where I've been pulled over and you get the almost a good cop, bad cop thing. And yeah. it's like one of them comes up and you, I've had it before. I've been, I've only been pulled over twice. Once was when I had my old man in the car. I think you right. were in the car as well, weren't you? They pulled us over outside my parents' house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, after we'd been to pick my old man up. And I got pulled over once before. And again, my old man was behind me because I'd literally just been down to buy a car. He'd taken yeah. me down there and we were driving back. We got stuck in traffic and uh, they, they they got their blues and twos on. And I've come down to this fucking uh, like traffic slowing thing with like two concrete barricades yeah. where only one car can go through. And we're in nose to tail traffic. They put their lights on as I'm sat stuck between these two concrete barricades. So I'm just sat there. They're right behind me with the lights on and everything. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't go anywhere because I can't move. The cars in front can't move. In the end, they, they turned it off. So obviously someone else answered the call. Yeah. And then I could see them. I could see exactly what they were doing. Because one of them was like, nah, 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 nah. and then they plonk it. I can see them plonking yeah. my fucking number plate. And I'm like, I've literally bought this car 15 minutes ago. So it's going to flag up and they're going to yeah. pull me over. And they did. Sure, sure enough, they pulled me over. One of them came out and... Uh, Starts giving it all up. Is this your car? So I explain it to him. I show him the, the green slip from the yeah. uh, the logbook. I've literally just purchased this. Blah, blah, blah. And then the old man pulls up behind their car. And they're all like, uh, what are you doing, sir? What are you doing, sir? And he's like, I'm following him. That's my son. And he flips out his little fucking warrant badge. And he's like, yeah. I'm one of the boys. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, it's like a, a switch had been flicked. They were yeah. like, oh, right. Oh, we don't need to do any of that then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've safe journey home. And I was just Rules like, don't apply to you anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like literally at one point, he said, this, this, he said to me, have you ever lived in Paul? And I was like, Paul, in Dorset? <laughs> and he went, answer the question. And I was like, I'm just clarifying the fucking question. The question is, have I ever lived in Paul? I want to know. I'm sure there's more than one place in the world called Paul. Like, I'm just trying to, that is, endorse it. Like, show some geog- one in- geography in the... <laughs> knowledge and he's like answer the question <laughs> I'll be the one asking the questions here yeah. sonny Jim believe <laughs> it like, I've, I've been driving just over a year and in the last six months I've been pulled over twice and just, at least the first silly. time at least the first time they were like listen we're doing this because um, the car's not registered in your name we just need to double check and it's all good they were alright I think because that day I was wearing a, my spur shirt <laughs> and I could see one of the officers had like a Spurs pin badge. Uh, and I was, yeah. <laughs> so I was like giving him a bit of a wink. I was like, yeah, you come on. We're years together. You know what I mean? <laughs> but this time they didn't give a shit. This time I was wearing a night jacket and a new era cap and they weren't having none You're of it. Fair game, mate. You're lucky you didn't get pulled out and spread oogled on the bonnet. Yeah, I'm shocked. <laughs> like, it's just like, what is that bin bag in your boot? And I was like, rubbish. I need to drop it a dump next time I'm down in that part of town. Um, do you want me to get out and get it out for you and show you? No, stay in the car. We haven't told you to get out yet. But like my brother's mate lives on our street. So he's obviously driven past at the exact same time. So <laughs> then my phone starts ringing in my car and it's my brother. And I'm like, I can't take that call. Obviously. <laughs> and I get home and it starts ringing again. And I'm like, answer it. And I'm like, what is the big fuss? He's like, you are you all right? What did I pull you over for? And I'm like, how the hell do you know this? This happened like literally five minutes ago. He's like, oh, Wolf Sawyer. He texted me to find out if you're all right. And I'm like, yeah, just a routine traffic stop for no reason. Just a bit of like, you know, stop and search on the man in a new era cap and a night jacket. Yeah. 
I, I have probably a think I'm a shot off, but I'm not. <laughs> I, I have a friend um, who is a special constable, is this, which basically means he volunteers. Is he the other one I, I, I was talking about earlier. No, no, no. Yeah, I, okay. I, just, I work with he this was guy. always good. Like I always liked him. And obviously, yeah. you, you know, I got mad respect for your dad. I wasn't going to throw you under the bus by saying it was your dad earlier. But, uh... <laughs> I, he, he worked his way through the country jobs before he died. Yeah. Went from a copper to being a fucking traffic warden. And then yeah, he died, I, which is I always... probably a good thing, because otherwise the next step, he'd have been a fucking neo-Nazi or something. I did always wonder. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like, because he went from the post office, didn't he, to be a police yeah. officer. And I think he was like, wow, I've got power now. Like, this is like, great. Oh. I could be an arsehole and get away with it. <laughs> and he was like, what What one other job would give me the same kind of power and the ability to be a prick? <laughs> Traffic warden. Traffic warden. <laughs> but he was always like so good to me, always like so respectful, <laughs> so good. Just like took me in it as his own most of the time. So I was just like, <laughs> you know what? When he was basically like, um, I'm going to be a police officer and I'm going to like pass out of my training <laughs> in a couple of weeks. You lot can't be doing the shit you're getting up to in my house anymore. And I was like, my house anymore. <laughs> I truly respected that. I respected the fact that he wasn't just like, I've let you get away with it this long, but now, uh, now I've had like a duty. To, yeah. Now I, I should technically like arrest yeah. you. Can you not? So I'm going to give you a couple of weeks advance warning, but yeah, please don't do that. <laughs> I always respected well, that so much. This uh, this uh, special constable I'm friends with, um, we was uh, at work. Obviously, this is uh, just before lockdown, and we went out to pick up some lunch. Yeah. And he drove us. He drove us down there because he had his new car oh. and he wanted to show it off. Special constable to PCSO. No, no, there's a difference. Um, the uh, PCSOs aren't real police officers. No. Special constables are, but they don't get uh, paid. So they actually have some power. Yeah, they he, they can arrest you. They they can pull out their asp and hit you with it, um, same as a regular copper can. But uh, <laughs> we went out to get some lunch. So we went down to the garage. We picked up some lunch. We're coming back. We're driving through the village, which is um, right next door to where I work. Yeah. And um, we they they have a local like neighborhood speed watch thing, and they go out there and they 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 take down your number plate and then they send it off to whoever, and then they send you a grumpy letter saying please drive slowly through our village. Uh, how many of them letters have you got? I, I haven't for some bizarre reason, especially since um, I'm a bit of a, a bit of a cunt to them. <laughs> I'll drive, I'll drive at the speed, but I'll be driving at 20 miles an hour in first or coasting with my foot flat on the accelerator. I used to do it in my in my Beamer, so the engine would just be screaming as I trundled past them at like 15 miles an hour. Um, but anyway. Um, we're driving past and he's plodding along at, uh, it's 20 through this village and he was doing like 26 or something and he's just following the traffic in front yeah. they're all doing it all of a sudden uh, a police officer steps out and waves him over to the side of the road and it turns out half you know like quarter of a mile back he'd gone past a speed camera man who had zapped him at 26 in a 20 pulled him over and it was the most hilarious thing i've ever seen because uh, he sat there and he's like, um, okay, no problem with this, but full disclosure, I have to let you know, I am a special constable. Here's my warrant badge. And he still got served. He still had to go into the speed awareness course. And I had the best afternoon ever telling everyone in the office what had happened. I was just going around to people I haven't spoken to before. Just saying, <laughs> did you hear? This guy, 
special constable just got pulled over for speeding in the village. Best say, day as ever. A, as a <laughs> special constable, don't you have more responsibility to actually, like, you know, mm-hmm. abide by the laws? Yep. Because he's, and he's you can't just get. <laughs> I love the fact that he can't. He didn't just get out of it by going. This is my badge. If, yep. I was about to kick off. I was about to go fucking ape because I thought the end of the story was going to be. He showed his badge and we carried on driving. I would, but the no, best, I love that. The best bit was the, the the guy, the traffic officer that pulled us over, wasn't actually a traffic officer. Yeah, he was wearing a flak vest with uh, I can't remember what they call it, but basically it was the the, the local equivalent to the SWAT team. Okay. It was a firearms officer who had been seconded to traffic control because it was a bit quiet. Like, <laughs> Which yeah, is these guys why that, he get away with it. The four guys that surrounded my car and intimidated the shit out of me <laughs> were none of them were like traffic police. They were like proper police doing a routine traffic stop. <laughs> I did for about thirty seconds when I got home. I thought maybe in future when I'm out driving around, I should dress. Conservatively, I, yeah, I should. I, I should wear probably, a blazer. Yeah, I should dress more like a. <laughs> or like, just, just don't put the baseball cap on while yeah. you're driving. That's yeah. probably the best bet because that—that's—that's that's an instant. That's like a red flag to a bull. You, you in your in your little jalopy car yeah. with your your white staffy in the back, yeah. <laughs> with your mom, new era baseball cap on. You know, mom was I, like, oh, mom was like, you had a staffy in the car. All drug dealers have staffies, and I was like, yeah. A, how do you know that? And B, why did I not think of that? Your mum's a worldly woman. She knows she, she knows where it's at. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I love how this is the second take of this episode because uh, full disclosure, noble listeners, uh, I'm half asleep this morning. And when yeah. we started recording fifty minutes ago, we didn't actually start recording because I forgot to hit record. <laughs> I forgot about I forgot about my uh, my running with the law and we all got bogged down in rape so it's probably good that we started again it's a better start to the episode talking about how you got mistaken for a criminal rather than the other thing yes mm. so now you had something else you wanted to discuss in the yes. intro section of this episode I did like I wanted to discuss it last week mm-hmm. because I thought it was like a, a fresh take less than 24 hours after like <laughs> having seen it and then this week right, dog. what are you doing you want a cushion? a cushion sometimes i wonder who's in charge in that relationship oh she's in charge she's in charge <laughs> of my entire house not just me bless her yeah my mum wrapped around her little fingers she's adorable to be fair she's as i was reminded like on thursday when i saw her <laughs> Why I called her called her the Khaleesi because like she is <laughs> in charge of everything. Um, yeah. So yeah, I wanted to talk about it last week, but then you hadn't seen it, so yeah, I didn't want to bring it up yeah. and spoil it for you. And then in the preceding time, it's all kicked off online. There's outrage, and Lucasfilm have had to come out and defend themselves. Um, but Baby Yoda eating baby eggs, harrowing as fuck. <laughs> It's funny because both me and Cody thought it was hilarious. Because <laughs> obviously I'm now watching The Mandalorian with the commander. Yeah. I just I just thought it was hilarious because it's just like, oh, you little scamp, you're eating a, you're eating the last of her line. Oh, but the poor adorable little monster. The, like, they went 
they went to a pains to include dialogue along the lines of <laughs> these are the last of their kind, these are the last babies, this is their last attempt to start a family and be live happily ever after. And then they show you baby Yoda, who I always thought was a paragon of hope, <laughs> just eating these babies, like with no regard whatsoever to the fact that this is this woman's last chance to, to have babies. <laughs> like, just it's harrowing. I mean, I understand. It's not harrowing. It's no worse than you going down and making scrambled eggs in the morning. They were unfertilized eggs, so it's the same I thing. I don't give a shit whether, like, if the fucking eggs were in utero or what. Like, at the end of the day, this is this poor old fishwoman's last chance. She wasn't a fishwoman. You keep saying that. The, the, the program described her, described her as a frog woman because I had subtitles on and it said frog lady. I think she looks more like a fucking gecko than a frog or a fish. Right, but the she poor is... frog gecko fish woman. Had... <laughs> it's her last chance of living happily ever after and having a family. And Yoda, don't... <laughs> baby Yoda, the child, does not give a fuck. He's just like, I'm hungry. I don't give that, a shit. The child, he's like a honey badger. And honey badger don't care. Badger. And honey badger don't give a fuck. I know, brother. Honey Badger don't give a fuck, mate. But yeah, look, the, the child is, even though he's like 50 years old or some shit, um, the child is, he's basically uh, at the same developmental stage as a human toddler. And if you put something that a human toddler likes to eat in front of them and then say, hmm, don't eat this because these, these are my children, that child is not going to care. They are going to eat it because they taste nice. <laughs> I mean, shit, if you put something that I like, if you put like a box of meringues in front of me and said, look, you can't eat those those tasty, freshly baked meringues because that's the last of my line. And, you know, it's my last chance to have children and continue my family. Motherfucker, if I'm hungry, you're going to come back and you best be getting some really little tiny coffins because that's going to be empty. I'm going to eat your children. Yeah, that's just how it, it really be. It really is all about you, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It right. really is. It's a dog eat dog. It's a it's a it's a Yoda eat egg universe out there, Steve. I'm just a simple man trying to make his way in the universe, and I will eat your children if I have to. <laughs> I was way dirtier than you meant it, but never mind. Oh, so, oh, no, no, man, you you disgust me. But no, you come around about three ish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to do it through the letterbox because social distancing. But yeah. <laughs> Um, if we finish in time for me to call social services and then come around, I'll do that because I now fear for the commander. <laughs> no, he's uh, too big for me to eat. Little empty bastard. cupboard, empty cupboard, empty fridge. Commander! Come here, boy! Oh, I'm hungry. Hand. You don't need two hands. Let me just yeah, you... lop that off and boil it. Let yeah. me have that one. You've got a spare. But I didn't I didn't realize this was such a big social media outcry until I was discussing it uh, with uh, Richie, friend of ours. Um, and like he said that, you know, all these snowflakes effectively are getting all het up online about the child eating these eggs. And I didn't realize until you said it that fucking Disney have had to come out and defend themselves. It's like, yeah, the fuck people. Nobody cared that like. He left that alien hanging upside down to be eaten by wild dogs in the same episode. But because that that alien tried to double cross him. So he deserved what he got. Then poor fucking eggs are just there waiting to hatch, waiting to be part of a family. And baby, the child does not give a fuck. He's just like, oh, you want to have a family? You want to live happily ever after? Well, I'm fucking hungry. 
the child, Sorry. that child is true. He is true neutral because didn't he try to force choke someone in the first series? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So he's tried to force choke someone. People are people are are, are giving. They're imbuing the child with traits that he's not been shown to have. They're like, oh, he's so pure. He's so sweet. He wants chicky nug nugs. And it's like, no, the motherfucker will force choke you if you get in his way. And if you leave your children in front of him, he will eat them. Even if they are an ugly ice cave spider, he will crack them open and eat them. I'm not going to get into the recreation of aliens in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> but are we, are we seeing the first signs of a a retcon reboot of a character of like oh just because he looks like the child looks like Yoda and has false powers yep. you're all gonna assume that he's a para like like me like a paragon of hope like he's the balance yeah is but no he's just as he's just like fucking evil the man and, the whole Mandalorian series there there haven't been shown to be any good guys really the most the best you get is kind of grey you know Din Djarin is sort of he's 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 neither good nor bad. He's kind of in the middle. He's he's ostensibly a good person, but he's not a good guy. He's not going out of his way to to help people, and that he does it to get paid or because he has to. Um, you see bad guys obviously because you've got the Empire and there's been various other unpleasant, shady underworld characters. Um, and I think that's 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 what we're seeing is that everything more or less in that, in that universe, in that part of that universe, you're outside the New Republic. So, but you're also not part of the Imperial Remnant. You're not part of one of the criminal gangs. You're just kind of in the middle here, a simple man making his way in the universe. You're not Basically. picking up on that reference, are you? Oh. <laughs> That's Django Fett. <laughs> oh, but anyway, yeah. So I think that's that's the thing. He trying to show that, like, if so he's the child, is the every man right? Is us because we're not part. Yeah, basically, of a political party. We're not, we don't have any real power. We're just simple men trying to make our way through the world, right? Exactly. So he is the everyman. Okay, I get that. But <sighs> eating babies. <laughs> yes. They're not babies. They're unfertilized. You ever eat an omelet? You had an omelet? Then you've eaten babies by that logic. Like, literally, I'm thinking about going vegan now. <laughs> But you love steak. How are you going to do that? I've got to be honest. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I just, it didn't sit right with me. I found it quite harrowing, which means I'm a snowflake. I never thought I was a snowflake. But the more we do this podcast, the more yeah, I really realise I am a snowflake. Maybe it's part of your festive build-up. Maybe you're just getting rid of Christmas by turning into a full-fledged fucking snowflake. I'm going to hang you on my tree. <laughs> I always thought I was a bit like, and cunty, but it turns out I'm just a fucking snowflake. Just a delicate little flower, aren't you? To find babe, <laughs> the, the child eating unfertilized eggs heroin. I don't know. It's just it's not what I want from my from my uh, baby odors. I'm telling you. Um, but on a more positive, yes, a much more positive note. Um, after we recorded last week's episode, you were like champs and doulas in in Clone Wars, and I slapped myself because I completely forgot, and then I went back and watched. The Ryloth arc. Oh, yeah. Kind of got, like, kind of sank uh, Clone Wars teeth back into me. I was just like, <laughs> oh, I love this shit. So I rewatched the final season. Mm. And the fun, which is weird. Like, I'm 
it could have been done. It's not the greatest. What is that season seven, the one that's on Disney Plus at the moment? Yeah, the one they're calling the final season. Yeah. It's a bit disjointed. It's a bit. I'm halfway through it, and yeah, it's not really grabbed me the way the previous seasons did. The second half is way better than the first half. The first half, I feel, is. Oh, isn't the second half Siege of Mandalore? Yeah, it's where. um, It's, well, it's. Spoilers. Ahsoka and Lady Bokatan. Yeah. Go after Maul to try and. That's right, yeah. yeah. So, but the first half of the season is all about, like, Anakin and Obi-Wan, they're all around doing things. Ahsoka's left. You kind of get a B story with Ahsoka. Oh, yeah, because you had, um, what were they called? Not the Bad Batch. The, yeah, the Bad the, Batch. The, the clo- yeah, the... Was it Bad Batch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that, that, was, that was quite a fun arc. It starts with them. But then halfway through, it's just like, oh, no, we we gave you a little bit of the characters that, that you <laughs> like. <laughs> love. Yeah. So, but now we got to tell this Ahsoka story because the whole point of doing this is to explain yeah, we have to, why yeah. you don't see her again. So they go into this arc, which is really good. Like I, I haven't really... I haven't seen that that bit yet. That's as far I got up to the last one of of Ahsoka and the two smuggler sisters, yeah. um, and I finished that. And then the next one is the the start of of her final arc, and I haven't gone into it yet because I need to be able to sit down and and really get my head in the zone and probably binge watch them all back to back. <laughs> Basically what I did. Um, but <clears throat> where's I going with this? I can't remember. Um, yeah, the second half I really like. I really like the way it's kind of. I, I'm going to try and talk around this without ruining it for you. Um, <laughs> it's an abstract look at the rest. Well, another part of the of the universe mm. at the end of Sith. So while everything's going on in Sith, you see how the rest of the universe is dealing with that. And I yeah. love, well, not that one particular part of the universe, how Ahsoka's going about it, and how it's all kind of coming together. There's the Order 66 bit. Um, I really like that. It's just, I feel the first half of the season lets it down, because it's like, before we touch on that, we've got to tell the story with people, like with clone troopers and with yeah. Anakin We've got to give people what they want, and then we'll do what we really want to yeah. do, which is explain that part. I kind of felt like it should have just been 12 episodes Ahsoka-centric, <laughs> personally. Like, but it's really good. But yeah, that's where I kind of like... Lady Bokatan's... If I'm pronouncing it wrong, I apologise. I've, I've heard it. She pronounces it differently in... in... Yeah. The episode that I watched yesterday, she says it. She says her name twice, and she pronounces it differently both times. I've heard it Bokatan, Bokatan. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's I'm it's go one with of whatever two. I say in the moment. But um, yes. yeah, she's in it. She plays a heavy part. So yeah, I literally come off the back of that onto episode, <laughs> chapter eleven, where she turns up in in Mandalorian, and I was like, oh, but she's friends with. Uh, uh, we're not that far away from uh, and then she says yeah. it and I'm yeah, like yeah right at the end she just casually drops it in yeah yeah and she's like yeah. oh my god I, we're I finally coming back to we're gonna get Ahsoka she's coming oh I'm so excited and then I was just like fuck all this one a week shit I want to pinch <laughs> this now <laughs> I really like I know we grew up in a time like a day and age where there was no binging unless like even like pre box sets, I remember, yeah. I remember being a huge Dawson's Creek fan while we were at school, um, but <laughs> they would only show certain episodes on TV. You'd get the same, 
like one season just repeated or the same 12 episodes from a season repeated on TV all the time. And I was just like, if I had them all on video, I could sit and watch them at my own <laughs> my own discretion. This would be brilliant. And then obviously like box sets became a thing. And I was like, wow. <laughs> and DVD box sets became a thing. And I was like, even better, they take up less space. <laughs> Fast forward to now, streaming, and it's like everything there on day release. You can sit and watch it all in one go if you want. And I've become conditioned to binging. Yeah. I think I've become conditioned to having it all there in one go, just the entire story, never forgetting anything because I only watched it half an hour ago. And now I'm back to once a week and I'm like, oh, fuck it's, it's, it's stressful. <laughs> don't, don't condition us to binge watch and then go, oh, you know what? We're actually, yeah, we, we want yeah, you but... to keep your, your like subscription for more than the, the two days that's, it takes that's you the thing, to, isn't it? Because... to binge watch the one show you want. So we're going to keep you here for two months. Disney, Disney <sighs> saw, they saw a massive uptake. Um, not so much in the UK because obviously when Disney Plus launched over here, um, we couldn't all, get it. Yeah, it was a, so when it came, it was all there in one go. Yeah, um, but they they saw Disney reported a big drop in numbers after uh, the Clone Wars season seven and the Mandalorian had finished airing. People yeah. just cancelled their subscriptions because they were like, "Well, we've got it at the moment. Amy's uh, got it." Um, and obviously, like we we decided to keep it so that we could watch the Mandalorian yeah. and season seven of, of the Clone Wars. Other than that, I think it's been used maybe four times to watch something quite frequently. Amy will go on there and she'll flick through it looking for stuff to, to watch. And it's like, eh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of shit on here. I don't want to watch. I can, I can watch like 40 years of the fucking Simpsons, but nobody wants to watch the Simpsons. It's possibly Dow because, you know, I, he loves know. The Simpsons. I I've still got a lot of time for the first, <laughs> The first few seasons when they told stories i think i've said this before like they used to be the animation was so terrible i just can't watch it it was I, like <laughs> I, I don't i don't mind the animation the animation's not that that doesn't i'm an animation I like the fact that thanks anime they used to they used to tell stories and then it mm. become this tipping point where it was like it seems people don't really care about the stories anymore everyone just wants to see homer be homer so we're just going to do entire episodes where we throw homer they... into a bizarre situation or we do this. No it basically became the yellow family guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> stop watching. The manatees but... in the tank choosing the, yeah. uh, the episodes. <laughs> um, I don't pay for Disney Plus, so I haven't really got a gripe with it. My brother pays and uh, I just log into his, his log. <laughs> but there's another conversation I would like to have one day about the sheer amount of content there is now and how I feel it's detrimental. Mm-hmm. But I think that might be, that's a longer conversation. For yeah, we're, we're already 30 minutes into this episode. Although we don't have many notes, as we, as we discussed earlier. <laughs> but you are half but, asleep, so we should But there are, there, are, there are two things I need to do before we get on to notes. First of all, I have to issue an apology. This is a personal apology, but I want to do it on here. Um, we were talking about The Mandalorian. I did a bad thing yesterday. Uh, a former space monkey messaged me to ask me something about um the uh, the episode and the, the mandalorian in general um and i said something you know about how awesome it was about bo katan showing up and whipping her helmet off uh, and he was like yeah yeah that would have been great for me and i said about how i totally nerded out and he was like yeah i would have done too if someone hadn't spoiled it for me on twitter 
And I was like, ish, man, that's that's rough. And he was like, I was talking about you. And then he sent me a screenshot and I'd made a tweet and it was I was like, oh, my God, this episode of Hashtag The Mandalorian, real Mandalorians in it. And that was like, that's pretty spoiler free. Then a friend of mine who had also seen the episode responded with something quite spoilery. And then I responded with something quite spoilery (laughs) to her. But of course, because uh, this chap follows both her and me. He sees those tweets coming up in his timeline just as regular tweets. And yeah, he read it and got spoiled. So yeah, um, how hard is it to <laughs> not go on Twitter? Like, very. I used to, have, <laughs> I used to work in a kitchen, time. right? I used to work in a kitchen. Well, I've never been on Twitter in my life. So to me, it's the easiest thing in the world. Um, I used to work in the kitchen. I used to work like 12 hour, 15 hour shifts on a Saturday. And as I've previously explained, I'm a huge football fan. <laughs> but I just didn't look at my phone. Even when I had breaks and I could look at my phone, I wouldn't look at the phone, so I wouldn't find out the scores. So when I got home, I could watch Match of the Day. That's for one day. Yeah. The Mandalorian came out on, like, Thursday. Coming out on Friday. Did Friday it comes out? Just don't look at your Twitter, right, until you finish work. Go home, watch <laughs> The Mandalorian, and then go on Twitter. How fucking hard is it? Stay um, off Twitter for look, a few hours. Stop it's interrupting not end my apology. I'm apologising for being one of those spoilers. God. No, don't apologise. You've got, you've got no reason to apologise. If somebody can't put their phone down for a few hours and not go on fucking Twitter, then it's not so, your. One eternity later. Just Shut because, up. I'm just right? going to edit this bit out. I'm going to edit you out. I'm just going to bleep this whole section out. <laughs> Do what you want, but it's only because you know I got a point. That's why you're bleep, like, bleep, trying to bleep, shut bleep. me down. Please, Fake news. Fake news. It's just sad. Like Portland. Sad. Um, <laughs> what did Portland ever do to you? I, th- I think that was the, the, the place he tweeted about and said, just like Portland, sad in big caps. Um, I just, I don't, like, if you don't want spoilers, don't go somewhere where spoilers I know, are We complete. know you don't get it. We know you don't get it. It's go simple. Gramophone. It's simple logic. Put your wax cylinders on and listen to some bark. Anyway. The second point I had to make before we get on to the actual, if you can see the look he's giving me right now, guys. Um, <laughs> sometimes I think this should be a video episode just so we can get your facial expressions. That's um, so fucking bemusing that somebody else goes looking for something, goes somewhere, but I know something could be, but it's your fault for posting it. <laughs> yes, that's exactly how it is. Anyway, my second point. Um, oh, shit. This, this, <laughs> It flowed a lot better before um, you got all boomery on me um, because I'd said about your Christmas build-up. See, you're being and, no, again. You're and being, we're not... You're... <laughs> Look, stop interrupting my flow, damn it. <laughs> now, stop I'd defending be... the indefensible. Oh, shut up. My God. You did that earlier on the, the section that we didn't record. You were defending the indefendable. So don't even go there, sunshine. My God. <laughs> Uh, Look, I'm just saying, if you're gonna rape, if you're gonna say someone's a rapist, have some proof, all right? <laughs> Especially if it's a time traveling hero. Especially if it's me. Uh, <laughs> if it's you. <laughs> oh, um, so anyway, well, I mentioned that your you, your Christmas build up, and I'm not referring to No Nut November. Um, so I wanted to mention our own Christmas build up. Well, I'll say it now. It's probably going to happen, assuming we can pull all the shit together in time to do it. I've, um, 
put it this way, I've been a bit moth moors this week. But <laughs> next week I intend to be a lot more champs and doula. You've just been laying around like a like a hut. Watery eyes and a bleary expression. <laughs> yeah, I got called on it this morning. I got called on my uh, my lack of like productiveness this week. So yeah. <laughs> next week I I intend to be a lot more chance and do a lot more. Oh, that's good because I'm off next week as well. So if there's stuff that needs to be slung my way, I can actually stand a chance of doing it. Okay, um, I'll have to. I'll, I'll get the it. Week after, the week after that, you haven't got. A, you haven't got hope in hell because the uh, new expansion for World of Warcraft comes out and I've already pre-ordered. So nice to, know, uh, nice to know what your priorities are. Yep. Yep. Again, all about me. Um, so <laughs> our Christmas build up again, not no, not November. And I have to keep mentioning that because that phrase makes me laugh every time. Um, you ever done it? <laughs> what? No, not November. Fucking hell. I, I'm lucky if I go 24 hours without nothing, let alone a fucking whole month. 30 odd days without it jesus i'd be killing someone and dragging my balls around in a fucking wheelbarrow i just got this vision of you getting like a cardboard box and being like all oh, right dragon dildo don't need that Bot bug, <laughs> don't need that gag don't need that and just putting it all away in a box for like 30 days and then on on december 1st it's like christmas day and you open the box and you're like oh, i can put fucking suit back on it'd be like that scene from scary movie just <laughs> yes like the slime blower from fucking Ghostbusters. Um. <laughs> it's nice to know you can't go 24 hours without nothing, but as soon as a WoW expansion comes out, you're like, I can't do the podcast anymore. Can't do the podcast anymore. I can't I can't get my masturbation and my, my World of Warcrafting <laughs> and podcasting all in at the same... It's just too much. Oh, that reminds me. I made some good jokes about you masturbating over Lady Buckatan earlier. <laughs> oh, come on. Katie Sackoff, mate. I mean, that's... that's... Goddamn. Um, really likes a manly. <laughs> apparently so. Also, she hasn't aged. Have you noticed that? She looked the same age in that fucking episode as she did in in the Battlestar reboot yeah. like eleven years ago. As she did in BS, uh, not BSG. That's what you just said. Uh, Big Bang, Big Bang Theory. Oh God, yeah, I forgot she was in that. Yeah. yeah. She looks exactly the same. Only they just dyed her hair and given her a different hairstyle. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I don't. I don't think you age in Hollywood. No, I think you reach a certain stage and you just like get frozen. Like Marina Baccarin, she's another one. Maybe she's using oil of bear man. <laughs> In that case, can I volunteer to be a bear man? <laughs> I'll give her my oil. That sounds really seedy. Yeah. Just like my oil would be. Boom. I can't remember if the, if the joke about you eating out children is... Eating out children? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Eating children? Oh no! I was making out children. That's my God! My what? That's what? That's what my joke was. I can't remember whether it was in this version or the version we didn't record. <laughs> Quick, move on, move on. Uh, yeah, right. Anyway, <laughs> our, our Christmas build-up. Oh um, yeah, Christmas. we are put we are putting together um, an advent calendar of sorts. It won't actually be a physical advent calendar because we ain't got that kind of money. In fact, yeah, we don't have any money. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> arts and crafty, to be honest. No. We, we can't mass produce uh, advent calendars. So it will be an, a lot online. We need one. to make about six. And then we need to make about six. Cares, yeah. Gets one. <laughs> um, so, yes, we will be doing it. There will be special releases every day in December. Um, assuming, of course, we days, get it. Right? I'm on, I'm 24 days. Tw- uh, yeah, 24 days, I think. Yeah. 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 I'm not doing. 31 is too much. We'll do 24. No, um, yeah, no, so yeah, it'll be the advent. So it'll be, at most it'll be 25. Um, because I might just 
get like a, a signed picture of my cock and balls to send to everyone for Christmas Day. Um, Christmas that Day, won't necessarily yeah. be part of the podcast. That'll just be because I like you guys and I'm a nice I'm a nice guy like that. Hey, is Rooney? Rooney and the Dragon Dildo. Yeah. <laughs> it's not November. It's fine. It's Even fine. It's not November. <laughs> We've been building up to this with all the pegging jokes, all the Dragon Dildo <laughs> jokes. We've been building up to it all year. Don't say you don't want to see me use it. Come on. Don't. Don't. Don't pretend like you don't want this. Yeah. <laughs> you want it as much as I do, baby. <laughs> That's what I heard puking, last night. You can everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> right, so there we go. That's that's the unnecessarily long, grotesque, and argumentative introduction to today's episode. You so, forgot, I've got two things to say. One, I heard the advent calendar was Amy's idea, and you're, you've stolen it. And two, are you not going to tell anybody what we're reading on Book Club, considering you made a graphic and then changed it? I did make a graphic and then changed it. Um, yes. Uh, yes. No, Amy didn't. Sorry, no, <laughs> Amy Dropping didn't. I, Amy didn't come up with the idea. I came up with the idea. Um, yeah, yeah. I actually stole it from Black Library because they they've been doing it for years. They release like novellas and and ebooks and stuff. Every I had all your best ideas from this podcast come from Amy. <laughs> she wishes. Pick up Amy. <laughs> um, and yes, right. The, the next book club episode. Um, I chose a book and then I decided actually no. Given when we'll be reading, we'll be doing the episode, which is like the twelfth of December or something. Um, I decided to do something thematically more appropriate. Um, however, I did realise yesterday that it's 407 pages, so oh. it's going to be the biggest one we've read so far. Oh, um, so we best, get, we best get cracking on that. Um, we are going to be reading Hogfather by Terry Pratchett um, because it is uh, Christmas themed, basically. And, and I figured since everything else we're doing in December is Christmas themed, that should as well. So, uh, yeah, Any, there we go. Anybody that knows me in real life was is going to be completely... <laughs> God smack that I'm doing A I'm doing a podcast because I'm like the quietest man in the world but B that I'm doing a podcast that's celebrating Christmas because I'm the biggest Grinch in the world <laughs> you really are I however am a big kid when it comes to Christmas I never um, used to be you remember when we were first friends I was like massively I was like Christmas central and then yeah shit happened in life and I lost all Christmas you got all Grinchified yeah it's because your heart's two sizes too small. Dr. Seuss. I'm shocked it's just not black and decrepit at this point. It probably is. I mean, it wouldn't no surprise love. me. There's no love in me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I used to right. believe that love could change everything. Love was all you needed. Love is all you need. Yeah. John Moon, smart man. Somebody shot him in the back. Very sad. <laughs> anyway. Let's stop uh, quoting Independence Day. Right, You'll I'm tell go people. Oh, you're going to pee. Okay, go pee. Then he'll tell you what we're doing. Oh. Right. Okay. So, do you want to tell the people what we watched this week for the episode? This week, we watched the animated version of one of the most prestigious comic books of all time The Dark Knight Returns, part one. Part uno. Yes. Yes. Um, now, I only have a little bit of trivia because this didn't get a cinematic release. So it seems to have uh, basically escaped most most of the interesting trivia I find for other films and things. But I have dug up what I could. So here we go. Released 25th of September uh, 2012. 
It made... Uh, is that five million? Five, yeah, five million... Five nine seven nine seven zero five. <laughs> that much money. Healthy uh, amount of money. Yes, U.S. home video sales. That that is that that that's not international. Doesn't count international sales because I couldn't find that figure. But that's basically um, in the U.S. It made that yeah. much money. Um, it is, as you said, an adaptation of the 1986 comic book The Dark Knight Returns by Frank Miller. Yeah. Um, one of like the only comic book names i actually know <laughs> and I th- recognize <laughs> i think frank Miller's so so respected that he his name kind of jumped out of the comics world into the mainstream world yeah yeah he did didn't he do watchman no no he did watchman. Adam Moore did watchman uh Adam right, Moore, that's how i know frank miller then probably from uh, talking to you sin city Oh, Sin City. Yes, that's right. Yeah, no, that explains it. <laughs> I knew it was, one of, it was one of them we discussed. The lesser known, the, le- the lesser revered, the spirit. You must have come to, to the cinema to see that, weren't after Sin, after Sin City, After Sin City went massive. Oh, well, massive for what it was at the time. <laughs> um, Frank Miller was able to kind of do whatever he wanted. So he, di- he wrote and directed his own uh, his own comic book, The Spirit, into a film. Tough, tough watch. <laughs> like, the, only, the only bit I remember from the cinema, and if I get this wrong, it's because I'm misremembering. It's Samuel Jackson dressed as a Nazi on screen, doing wow. like he's singing a song or he's doing a dance or he's doing. Oh, I can't really remember. I just remember it. N- being really underwhelmed like i thought this was going to be like sin city but it's not this is bad but you know he did write the done <laughs> returns so well we, we have stuff to, to mr miller um this uh this film is set in the same continuity as the animated film batman year one which was yes. released uh 2011 so the year prior to this which we will be covering um, and which was also written by okay. Frank Miller. Oh, well, there we go. Um, Commissioner Gordon's cigars were removed in this film yeah. uh, in favour of nicotine gum so that the film could be marketed to kids because there are obviously restrictions around yeah. uh, advertising at certain times and in certain places if it features uh, smoking or what have you. Uh, there's a, there's obviously... Yeah, it makes sense. Um, and there's a nod to this when he explains to his replacement my wife maybe quit the cigars because obviously you know that had become a a part of his character and then to see him there with the nicotine gum um in the early 2000s albert hughes and alan hughes were offered the chance to direct uh, a live action adaptation of the dark knight returns but the project never materialized for undisclosed reasons it just never happened um however they did state that they wanted clint eastwood to play bruce wayne slash batman oh by the way spoilers uh bruce wayne is batman oh no just in case <laughs> oh god oh god no you've ruined it for me well, this is as bad as finding out about vader being luke's dad i mean oh, hashtag god. spoilers but yeah. <laughs> and the I lawyer think... getting eaten while on the toilet in jurassic park oh no spoilers <laughs> I think um, I think Clint Eastwood in the early 2000s would have been perfect. Yeah. yeah. 
perfect choice as like the grizzled old retired Bruce Wayne. You, oh, can, yeah. you can see that in in the 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 character design yeah. in this film. Yeah, it's very strongly based on Clint Eastwood from that yeah. time. Um, although he clearly has did... shaved, he's just all furry. <laughs> they did kind of do a version, a loose version of the Dark Knight Returns. It was called The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> don't, don't know if you've heard of that film <laughs> yeah it's, it's very loose like he comes like he's been retired since the end of the dark night he comes out of retirement he's got the little fucking leg brace like we see him put the brace on when he gets yeah. beaten by the mutant the first time there's so many little nods to that film no to that book sorry in that film that i don't know why they didn't just just make go, the dark go night all return. in on it and actually just make it yeah maybe because the mutants wouldn't have fit in the chris Noden like realistic universe i don't know but um maybe they they weren't big on uh, spiky nipple tassels oh don't <laughs> <laughs> um so when batman is shot while pursuing two-face he's yes. hit in the chest in the graphic novel this reveals a section of armor beneath the bat symbol and in his uh, like in a monologue thing batman says this is why he has a bright yellow target on his chest yeah. to give snipers something to aim at instead of more vulnerable places which yeah. that's pretty cool and that that, that kind of um retcons something that always bugged me it's like they're yeah. going to shoot batman they're, they're shooting at his torso shoot his face or you know somewhere else that's not going to be so heavily armored <laughs> I, I, do, I do love the fact that batman's meant to be like kind of lives in the shadows and that's why he wears all black and all this stuff but yeah like if you go back to early Batman, he has got the big yellow symbol and the stuff. Big yellow symbol. I just yeah. like it. It's like a, it's like a retcon of like, this is why. Like, I know it never made any sense before, but I've just decided this is why, and I'm this gonna put it why. in this book. So now I, it makes I sense. Have to make it make sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, and my last uh, bit of trivia, I did say I really struggled to find yeah. trivia for this. Um, the scene where Batman pulls the mutant through the wall. Is yeah. an almost identical recreation of uh, the same scene in Robocop 1987, okay. where Robocop does the same thing. Peter Weller played Robocop yeah. and voices Batman in this film. Yeah. So, yeah, nice little homage there to uh, to one of his previous, one of his, well, his most famous role, basically. Yeah, I didn't know that. Mm. Oh, that's, that's fascinating. I did notice it when he did it. I was like, oh, that's like just like in Batman. And then, yeah, yeah when I was looking through it, that's like, yeah. It was played by the same person. I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't put two and two together. I did so, pick up on one of the other voice actors, but we'll get to that. <clears throat> I didn't know one of them until I saw the credits the first time I watched it. And then I was just like, oh, my God, I love her so much. But that's <coughs> one of my notes towards the end. So we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> my very first notice on something that you literally just mentioned. And that's <laughs> the inner monologues. Mm. I don't want to spend too much time on it because i've listened to another podcast that talked about this film and they spent the majority of the film talking about that <laughs> and i don't want to be like sitting there being just recreating regurgitating what i heard on this other podcast but i will say that the lack of the inner monologues vastly changes the tone of the film mm. um the opening scene if you know the book you know that a lot of the best bits come in batman's or bruce wayne's inner monologues I can understand why the choice to not have them has been made, but the tonal change is apparent in this scene. In the book, Bruce Wayne says, 
this would be a good death, but not good enough. This would lead me to believe that since retiring from being Batman, Bruce Wayne has been searching for something equally as thrilling as the film suggests, but with the much darker perspective of a possible death wish. So, Mm -hmm. like, in the book, he's very, he says it more than once, like, this would be a good death, but not good enough. So, like, you instantly, that's the opening scene of the book, and you instantly get this thing of, like, oh, okay, so, like, he's lost all purpose in life. Mm. Now he's retired from being Batman, and he's just looking for either something that's as thrilling and as adrenaline-inducing as being Batman, or death, because he's got nothing left. In this, it's just, it's that whole death wish angle is taken out, which I get, because it's mainly for kids right i know yeah. we're two grown adults sitting here doing a podcast <laughs> about it but the reason they did it animated was budgetary and because they thought they could set it to kids you don't yeah. want to be introducing the idea of a death wish to a kid but well, that, it's interesting watching it as an adult because right right from the start from that opening scene it, it comes very very clear that, that bruce wayne is like suffering from ptsd oh yeah over the death of his parents and he's he is damaged goods Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, they may, may have marketed this at kids, but when you watch it as an adult, you're like, God damn, that man needs therapy. And I know I've just said it, and it's true, they did market it for kids. But my second note says, a group of nuns got murdered. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's literally the second scene is that, like, yeah, um, TV broadcast about nuns getting murdered. And then. So I'm like seeing it going, they marketed it for kids. And then the next thing they do is tell you about how nuns got murdered. It just, those news reports, they, they escalate because I think the next one is like about how uh, a kid has been murdered, how the mutants yeah. have just gone out, like kidnapped and murdered a child. And you're like, God damn, yeah. I mean, at kids. Well, I understand. I mean, all right, it's a 15, isn't it? So, yeah. but even so, yeah, you've got good, like fucking three years that, that before these kids uh, are classed as adults and you're already like talking about nuns being murdered and kids being murdered and it's dark man it is a, it's, it's a dark book but it's a dark it's a dark film as well <laughs> i have Friend. a really immature note okay it's literally <laughs> pearl necklace he's <laughs> <laughs> just looking at the paper and ignoring the fact the coincidental fact that you know it all just happens to be a chalk outline of someone's parents right next to a picture of a pearl necklace. I was just like, <laughs> pearl necklace. <laughs> His mum had a pearl necklace. His dad had a big smile. <laughs> Don't pervert Batman. Please. <laughs> I'm not perverting Batman. It was his parents that were the pervs. I love Batman. This is why I've got no notes because I spent most of the film sitting there going, wow, Batman's cool. I should, Instead of I actually should probably... writing notes. I should probably mention this <laughs> that um, I, I'm not a huge Batman fan. Um, oh, I obviously, I liked I liked Dark Knight. Uh, I liked um, the 1987. Nine. Was it? Nine, um, nine. Was it 89? Yeah. Uh, I liked that Batman film. Um, probably just because it was Tim Burton, and you know everyone knows I'm a fucking hot topic goth. <laughs> um, but my my favourite Batman. <laughs> I remember you getting really angry when I told you this. My favourite Batman was uh, Bold and the Brave. <laughs> Me and Cody watched it when he was about three. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And it's the best Batman I've ever seen. So. <laughs> Outrageous. <Yeah. laughs> best version of Aquaman as well. 
can't say I've seen enough of it to have an argument with you about it here and now, but one day. <laughs> but yeah, for any hardcore Batman fans listening to this, just know that this is this is not my bag. Okay, that's no. that's setting expectations there. I loved Brave and the Bold, so <laughs> a lot of people love Brave and the Bold, though. You're not the only one. A lot of people no. loved it. <laughs> that's the one where they went to the future, right? Jason Jason Todd becomes Batman because Batman's old and decrepit and no. Is that, that was Batman Brave? Beyond. Raven oh, the Bold. Raven the Bold is Bruce Wayne is is Batman. It's it just like a yeah, it's like a superhero friends almost. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, that's probably why I didn't see it. Um yeah. so I had I had something I was gonna bring up. Um <laughs> yes. I love how little time is spent recapping the origin story. Mm. Like so, despite the fact that it plays a huge part in it, in 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 what you know, basically his regression to Batman. You don't you don't have to go through reliving it all. It's just no. a couple of flashbacks. The second you see Mask of Zorro, you're like, oh, okay, okay, we're doing that. We're doing that for ten for like the next fifteen minutes. Oh no, we're doing that for like thirty seconds. And then like thirty seconds. <laughs> I love it because I love I love how if you're watching Batman: The Dark Knight Returns, right? It's because you're if you've gone out of your way to find it, it's because you're familiar with a book. If you're familiar with a book. You're familiar with Batman's origin story. Yeah. So we have to touch on it because it's part of his regression. But we're not going to spell it all out here. Even though mm. there's four hours of film, we're still not going to spell it all out. <laughs> have some. I love the fact that, like, we're just going to take the jump and, like, suggest that people have some Batman knowledge before yeah. they go into it, especially origin. Because for the longest time, it was like, oh, you want to make this film? All right, the first one's got to be an origin. And it's like, yeah. oh, everybody knows the origin. Stop doing origin it's, stories. It's it's a it's a toss up as to who's had their origin story told the most fucking times, Spider Man or Batman. Oh, because Spider-Man. I've lost count of how many times I've seen Uncle Ben yeah. die. Yeah. <laughs> With great power comes the ability to microwave rice in two minutes. <laughs> um, did you notice in Gotham? They forgot Batman as quickly as the Jedi's were forgotten in a game. <laughs> <laughs> it's like ten years. Bat bat who? What? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on, right? You see things in like uh, in America. You got fucking Mothman. You know, no one's yeah. ever confirmed the sighting of Mothman. But he's got his own fucking museum. He's got websites. He's had films and TV shows and everything. The Jersey you, you Devil. Bigfoot. Like, yeah, exactly. It's just like you would have. Hunting the Batman now yeah. showing on Discovery Channel. You know, yeah. there'd be loads of stuff. There would be museums. Oh. There would be merchandise. What? What? What is that face all about? Either you've just come or you've had an idea. An idea. Oh God. I'm trying to think of ways to utilize our YouTube channel. <laughs> now I've got one. I mean, uploading our episodes would be a good start. Yeah. Aside from that. Um. We could do like a, a show like like you said, hunting the Batman, but we could do our own one about Yes. What about the South End Ratman? I've never heard of him before. But I I I, had, I did some digging into it. He gets one mention in one book and like two newspaper articles of a local paper in South End. I was looking for like yeah. local uh, local paranormal stories. It's got there's gotta be We've got like there's a I watched this whole documentary called Real Life Superheroes. I got it on DVD, and it was about um, Phoenix Jones and some other people that would literally like cosplay their own 
create their own superhero, cos yeah. like create the, the thing and then go out on the streets and actually yeah. like try to it's got to be a British version. We must have one, and we can do like a YouTube documentary series of hunting him down. Yes, <laughs> I'll let, I'll let you work on that one. You you yeah. you dig in on that one. <laughs> I add that to my list of things I need to do next week when I'm being productive. Um, what were like, we talking about before? You said before just... like how at the beginning you do, you don't get the origin story. Oh yeah, yeah. What you do get is kind of like almost a little nostalgia trip. And it, it always kind of wraps up some loose loose ends. So you find out, oh, Harvey Dent has been yeah. in therapy and he's had reconstructive surgery. That man there with the green hair is quite clearly the Joker and he's comatose. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, all, it, it kind of gives you a recap, but it didn't really give me enough of a recap because I had no idea about uh, the, the one that died, the Robin that died. Jason Todd. That's it, Jason. Yeah, they, they do mention it. Um, and it's implied that he died. And I'm like, wait, what? What happened? Because Alfred's like, do you remember what happened last time? Have you forgotten what happened with Jason? With Jason, like, yeah. What happened uh, with Jason? I don't know. Uh, I haven't forgot Jason was a good shell soldier. And you're like, oh, that's the Batman we're getting. The cold, yeah, callous, like, he agreed to be Robin. Like, he agreed to be a soldier in the fight and he died. That's what happens to soldiers. He, he, so, he knew what he was getting into. Uh, yeah, like, I'm not oh, going to okay. cry about it. And I'm like, oh my God, we've got. And then I remember it's Frank Miller Batman. I got another note on this later. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just it takes there's you're expected to have some background knowledge of Batman. Yeah. But even if you don't, they the dialogue will suggest that Jason died. Yeah. Badly you get enough hints. So you know enough. You don't have to know the exact storyline and what actually happened, but you know enough to know that something went wrong with yeah. Jason and Dick's gone like he's not having anything to do with it so and a carrie curly <laughs> probably, probably with, my favorite of all the robins with the most ridiculous glasses in the known oh, universe yeah. they are obscene i just oh sorry I, I think i think because i didn't know exactly what had happened um with jason todd and what have you it, the film was a little bit hazy on why bruce hung up the cowl in the first place i'm like well, Gotham's still this crime-riddled shithole. Well, it wasn't, was it? Like, because that's the whole point of that of the intro is that it's regressing back to the point. Like, I think from what I understand, from what I understand, it's Batman did what he had to do. He got crime mm. right down, and then he retired. And then since he's retired, all these street gangs have come. The crime started come back up, and he's looking at it like, uh, okay, he's kind of looking at it like. Everything I did it's being undone. doesn't matter. Yeah, because it's just as bad as it now as it was. Right, it's time to be Batman again. Like he has a calling. Like he yeah. didn't have a calling before because he'd done so well. So he retired, and then shit went south, and he was like, "Oh, they need me again." Gotham no, needs sense, Batman yeah. now, so he comes back. But um, there's a little scene towards the beginning of the film where he's walk he's just had a chat with Commissioner Gordon and he's walking back oh, yeah. and he walks past some guys holding like signs that say we are doomed is that a, a little nod to Rorschach from Watchmen because he's always because you don't know it's him until the end when he's like when you're reading the book or watching the film you don't know it's him on the street with the uh like the end is nice sign until yeah. you get to the end of the book and he takes his mask off and you're like, oh, Rorschach's been here the whole fucking time. Yeah. He's been in the background all the time. 
like, but you just don't know it's him. I kind of felt like them guys with the we are doomed signs are a little nod to like <laughs> Watchmen and the time period that this book yeah. was first released. Um, I love the soundtrack as well. I love, I love the soundtrack so much. I own both parts on CD. <laughs> I went for a phase where I was just listening to them constantly. I really I, love I the soundtrack. I have to admit, I didn't. Uh, the soundtrack just seemed a bit generic Batman to me, but. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we can't always agree on things. <laughs> uh, we can't. This is one of them, obviously. Um, <laughs> whilst I'm accustomed to it from reading the book so many times, I think the gang lingo may be a bit jarring for a newcomer. Like if you sat down, you had no idea about Batman, <laughs> you'd never read the book. Someone just went, I'll oh, watch this, it'll be good. Oh, oh, we spud. don't shift. We yeah. don't shift, bud. Yeah, all that stuff. <laughs> could be a bit jarring. To I, I have two notes. I have, I have a couple of notes on here. Um, where is it? Uh, I have, which I have <laughs> noted in caps, old man moment. Yeah. Listening to the mutants talking in their weird slang is how I feel listening to youngsters talk these days. <laughs> that is pretty old, man. Yeah, it really is. I, I, I don't often, because I spend so much time on the internet, I tend to stay fairly abreast of, of you know, trends and developments yeah, and, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but sometimes you hear you hear the people talking, and you're just like, what in the what in the ever loving fuck did you just say? I have no pissing clue because it was just all a bunch of contractions and noises. It's like speak English, motherfucker. And yeah, they do that in this, and it's like, no, that's spot on. It's a spot on reference to to how young people they yeah. don't talk exactly like that, but the, the, their own little sort of like private language almost. I I love it, and I and I respect it, and I think it's a nice little touch. Mm. But I think it could be quite jarring for a newcomer. It was quite jarring the first time yeah. they said it. I was like, what? What? I had yeah. to make sure like, I, I was listening to it, and I sort of. That they were actually saying what I thought they were saying because at I was one like, point he's like, <laughs> "Spot don't peg" and all this stuff, and I'm like, oh. "They've got a different use That's for the word peg." On that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> the moment Bruce Wayne's tash disappears, you know it's on, right? Oh yeah, I love it when he just points out. It's like, "Sir, when did you shave?" And it's just like, "Oh my god." <laughs> I must have subconsciously known. Known. Um, <laughs> Did has he given up on his no killing rule? I know that um, they make a point later on in the film of pointing out that the the bat tank is firing out rubber bullets. Yeah, but it's quite heavily implied, especially when we first see Batman return and he drags that mugger through the window, leaving a trail of blood on the glass and up the floor and that. And there's several others that it's quite strongly implied that that they are dead. Yeah, it's I not explicit, but it is very heavily implied that they didn't survive the encounter. There's a couple, there's a few things in the book and the film that I'm like, oh, this isn't, this isn't Batman for me. Like the bit when he's got the rifle, like Batman doesn't yeah, like that's guns. Yeah, really weird. When you I've see got... Batman running around with a fucking rifle, you're like, whoa, okay. I think that's what prompted me to to yeah. say about that he's given up on the no killing rule. I think there's Batman. And then there's Frank Miller's Batman. Yeah. And Frank Miller's Batman is very much like, is brutal. Like, I'll read my note because I was going to wait for it, but whatever. I know Lou will disagree with me as he loves the Bat God version of Batman. But 
and has no time for Miller's depiction. But I love how brutal he is once he comes out of retirement. And mm. I think a lot of that is a lot of that stuff, like the ambiguity between whether these people are alive or dead, is dealt with in the book in in the monologues because like they'll he goes into battle and he'll say like fuck it I'm, not, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna do it terribly so I'm gonna he's, he's got it to hand he literally just reached up to the shelf above his head on the top of a pile of things and just whipped it out there it is it's one of my favorite <laughs> books of all time <laughs> plus I, I had to get it out the other day to make sure I got that bit at the beginning right the uh <laughs> Because I thought I knew what it was, and I got a few words wrong, and I didn't want to get shouted down. Um, <laughs> I mean, admittedly, we're in a position right now where no one cares enough to shout us down on the internet. But I mean, th- that that is true. But you know, once we start making that Joe Rogan money, and people go back and discover our early episodes, they'll be like, "Well, actually, in episode twenty-eight, you said, and this word was incorrect. Call yourself a Batman fan." But yet, nobody cares that we forgot about Mace Window. <laughs> Um, not yet, but in a, yeah, they will do at some point. They will do at some point. Um, I just, I can't find it, but it's just... like there's a point where he says like there are 17 moves I could do at this point. Uh, there are 17 or whatever. There's a certain amount of um, maneuvers I could do at this point. Two would kill him. Five would leave him. Um, yeah, like paralyzed. Four would just cause pain. I go for the pain one, and you like they kind of talk about how in the inner monologues you really get to see how brutal batman is like he, mm. he's really out to cause some fucking damage but they also like he also makes the point of saying i could kill him right now i could with yeah. just one one or two moves could kill him but i'm not trying to do that what i'll do is paralyze him or something like that <laughs> so yeah it's kind of spelled out in the book but it is a very, it's very ambiguous in the film of like yeah. whether he's killing motherfuckers or not, because we all know Batman doesn't kill. I have, I have a note that ties nicely to that uh, on you know Batman just being so brutal. It's like uh, an old embittered Batman that we see, the old embittered Batman we see in in this film is far scarier to me than the the younger, more ideological one who seems to be sort of the more popular, the, almost yeah. the back God version. He's, you know, he's doing it for, for, for justice sort of thing. Cause just... one of you, one of you will pound on you for justice. The other yeah. one, this older embittered one will pound on you for justice. And then some more just because he's yeah. old and grumpy and angry at the world. So you'll not only get beaten unconscious, you'll get both arms broken whilst you're unconscious because he doesn't like your face sort of thing. You know, he's got I mean, angina or something. This is such <laughs> a seminal book that it's kind of touched on all over the place so like i as i said earlier there's so many bits in the dark knight rises that come out of this book <laughs> but if you think about batman v superman that batman you meet at the beginning the old one that's branding people like batman never does yeah you know what i mean that is a version of this batman like the brutal yeah. old kind of batman he even has the same bat suit by the end of this film yeah. they're wearing the same suit well, that's something else. Like this book is four. It's four goes through four stages. The first two were in this film. Mm. The other two were in in the next film. But at each stage in the book, and again in the films, his costume changes. So it goes from the very like the Adam West one he puts on right at the beginning with the big mm. yellow 
target. Yeah. And then he's got a slightly like he's got the next version when he goes to fight um the mutant leader. When yeah. we start the next film, we'll have the next iteration. And then by the end he's got he's got the big one you see in Batman v Superman where he fights Superman. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very, it's a nice like little nod to Batman throughout the ages. But yeah, it's sort of capturing all, all the various different. Yeah, yeah I love that. <laughs> um, the same. Oh, here we go. There's, there's another Dark Knight Rises one. The same with the Rookie Cop. Yeah, that's played out in Dark Knight Rises too. There's yeah. loads of it. Um, I love that a, older cop who just like slows down to let Batman do his thing, and he's yeah. like, "No, no, trust me, kid, you're in for a show." And I'm like, "Yeah, that'd be me," because it's like. Yeah. Well, I could go and chase these armed robbers with my little pea shooter while they've got their assault rifles, or I can hang back and watch Batman beat the hell out of them. Yeah. Go do your thing, bats. <laughs> I'd be hanging out the window, go whoop whoop, Batman. Yeah. <laughs> that's the scene in the book where, like, he goes into that building and he's like, he starts taking them out, and he's just like, yeah. From this position, there are twenty-seven moves. Two of them will kill him. Five yeah. will paralyze him and all that stuff and it's you really kind of in the book you really get to see how brutal batman is but you realize again at the end of this film if he's not that brutal he doesn't save the day yeah because it it takes him although they do say that they do say that in both the book and the film um like i tried to match the mutant leader's savagery and that's yeah. why I lost. Now I need to be more clever. But without that, savage... actually, one of my favourite bits in this film, actually, is um, when he has that realization. Yeah, one of my favourite bits in this film is Alfred. He doesn't oh, get much. Mate. He doesn't <laughs> get much time, but whenever he's on the screen, he's got some good dialogue. One of one of my favourite things he says is, "If it's suicide you're after, I have an old family recipe. It's slow <laughs> and painful." You'd like it. <laughs> now, I think it's his next line that I've actually got written down here when the phone rings. It's Commissioner Gordon, no doubt calling for details of the funeral. Yeah. <laughs> I want a, I want a sassy Alfred style, uh, Alfred slash Jeffrey um, style yeah. butler because that would just be amazing coming home and like, can I, can you make me some tea? Oh, why certainly. Anything else I can do for you, sir? <laughs> Just a sassy English butler to just like give me sick burns just when I'm least expecting it. It's just a, he's just a <laughs> troll, right? He's just trolling. Yeah, basically. Like, it's all coming from a really good place, but he's like, you, you didn't listen to me before. Now yeah. you're out of retirement. You're old. Oh, fuck. So you're not going to listen. I'm just going to troll you. I'm just going to wind <laughs> you up because I can. <laughs> um, one of my favorite bits, and I don't know whether. It was the intention of Frank Miller, but one of my favourite bits in both the book and the film are Carrie Kelly's stoner parents. <laughs> yeah. There's that one line of dialogue where she's like, oh, it's just like Chicago. Don't you remember Chicago? And he's like, no, I was tripping the whole time. I was tripping the whole time. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if Frank Miller's intention was to say, like, almost a bit like in that scene in... Um, Johnny Depp film we gushed about a few weeks ago. Uh, Which? Where he's playing 
the author. Oh my god, I completely forgot it. I should have just. Who's playing the author? Not the author, the writer. Um, they're in Vegas and they're doing all the drugs. Oh, um, God, yeah. Oh fuck. Fear and loading. Yeah, there's the scene in that where he kind of has his. He looks back at the sixties and he's kind of remembering oh, yeah. everything they did, and kind of I get the same kind of feeling. Like, yeah, it's his way of saying like, yeah. So the hippies did a lot, didn't they? Basically, yeah. like <laughs> we were all there trying to fight for this and fight for that, but all these years later, well, yeah, the world was just as fucked up, and and yeah, and yeah, I think it's his little way of saying like, yeah, well done, you did nothing. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so obviously very Gotham has always been New York I mean there's the there's the scene where they're showing the storm coming like the bit where he's kind of regressing back to Batman there's a a TV screen where he says like the storm's coming in over Gotham and Gotham is right on the coast of their fictional America (laughs) right where New York is and a lot of this book is kind of reminiscent of 80s New York when New York Mm. was a bad place before Times Square became like a kid's playground. It was like where all the fucking porno theaters were, as well. The not a nice place. So a lot of this is kind of Gotham was always that old school New York. Um, yeah. Why am I talking about this? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Eighties. <laughs> the rest of us got. Eighties <laughs> New York. So like yeah. where all the hippies became became like the 80s people so all the people that were like free love <laughs> look after each other became the 80s people that were just like no let's just screw everyone people. screw everyone make as much money as we can and do as that'd much be a good bad name possible. actually the 80s people the 80s people and then not play 80s music yeah. just to fuck with people <clears throat> <laughs> nearly as good as calling your band free beer so when you put up in the poster at the front of the <laughs> People are like, oh, they're doing free beer tonight. And then it's like, hi, oh, we're free beer. We're free beer. You can pay for your <laughs> drinks at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, Dr. Yeah. Walter. Yes. <laughs> Psychiatrists don't don't come across well in this film, do they? Not at all. In fact, a lot think... of official people don't come across very well in this film at all. No, at all. Uh, um, I mean, they do come across better than black people, which is, I got, I got a note for later. But yeah, aside from that, yeah. Are there any black people in this film? Two. Well, I'm going to jump straight to my note because we're on it. One of the few <laughs> negatives I have for this film and the book in general is that black people aren't represented very well at all. In this film, you see a pimp. Oh, yes, that's right. And you see the guy on the street who they're interviewing for the news. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. They're the only yeah. two black people that fit in Gotham and neither one of them <laughs> is as as a positive representation whatsoever. I mean, to be fair, most of the people in this film don't get positive representation because they're, they're all either whiny little fucking neoconservatives or um, criminals. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Wolper. I mean, he does say, he, he does make a good point. Uh, in one of the interviews, he says Batman creates his own villains, which yeah. is something that's um, obviously been, yeah, it's, it's, it's it's been talked to death yeah the mcu covered it as well um because you know they say you know since since tony stark came out as iron man there's been a steady increase in super villains and it's do these superheroes prompt villains to become more ott is a direct response to them 
Other podcasts have already answered this question. So fuck off. Yeah. We're not talking about it here. <laughs> Basically. They always say like the the Joker is Batman's greatest villain because he is like the complete flip of Batman where Batman's completely organized and kind of mm. does everything for a logical reason. The Joker is just a dog chasing cars. Just doesn't know yeah. why he does what he does. It's just and he so just you does. two sides of the same coin, which is why they always say he's the greatest enemy. But um he does I did love that bit in the film where he's like he could he how does he put it? He's psycho something or other. It just brings people in like a net. Like people yeah. are drawn yeah. into his his web of lunacy. But in a Considering this was written in the 80s, it does such a good representation of what I've been seeing on the news since March, which is basically different specialists arguing over, should you wear a mask? (laughs) This is the American politics and all this stuff. And you got some people come out saying one thing, other people coming out to say something else. And if you really watch it, they're both making decent points and it's hard to really figure out who's right a lot of the time. Oh yeah. And they do a very good um thing of that in this book. Well, with the little man on the book. street interviews. Yeah. Yeah. It's very clever because they, they like you said, they're both they, the both both sides of the argument are making very good points. Yeah. Um I mean obviously you're supposed to come down on the side of Batman because he's the hero of the piece and yeah. ultimately saves the day. But it's like these other guys have also got a really good point, and it's you don't want to acknowledge that, but yeah, Batman is infringing on people's you know rights and civil liberties by just pummeling them into fucking disabling them, basically. There's almost like a pre-fight club kind of warning about group mentality in this film as mm. well. That after that, Oh, we're just going to jump about now because we're talking we're, about we're, it. we're bouncing all over the place. Yeah. Um. After he defeats the mutant leader, and suddenly all the mutants rebrand themselves as. <laughs> right. No, they don't. They don't rebrand themselves as as that pop because no. we, 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 that doesn't make any sense. Right. Uh, but they rebrand <laughs> themselves as the Sons of Batman. It's I love just, that. Yeah, I love that. I got a note that basically says, "I want to join the Sons of Batman." Oh my god! I was going to ask, when are you signing up? Yeah. When when can we expect to see you getting the face tattoo? I know I've come down on face tattoos on this podcast before, but I am considering the blue <laughs> bat symbol on my face. <laughs> but it's it is very much like that, right? It's like mm-hmm. the sheeple, the majority of people, they want to believe in something, but they don't really know what to believe in. And just like in Fight Club, uh Tyler kind of finds all these disillusioned people and gets them together into fight club gives them a reason gives them a purpose to live it's very much like that it's very much like these kids just want a purpose they Mm. flock to the mutant because um he was big and powerful and whatever i don't know understand why they did it but they did it but suddenly batman's beating them and they're like oh no we're not mutants anymore we're sons of batman yeah they 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 feel they're disenfranchised disenfranchised they're yeah they're they're unempowered and being part of these gangs the the you know that gives them power the, the leader promised them that they would raise gotham they would run the city you know so they were like well you know my options are i can get a shitty dead-end job working in the permanently stuck in the dark 80s gotham 
or I can be a, like, you know, a shitty small time criminal or I can join this gang and be part of what's going to be. We're going to be the ruling elite. We're going to be running this shit. It gives them it gives them hope. It gives them um, that that dream of power that otherwise in their lives they don't have. There's there is no happy ending for them. It's the same. I mean, it happens in real life every single oh, yeah. day. If you're born into a certain situation where due to where you live or your skin color or I don't know, various different reasons, you are kind of less advantaged. You're not able to just go and get a job. You're not able Mm. to kind of do these things that the rest of us do. But when you're not doing that and you've got a ton of free time because you can't get a job, you're out on the streets and then someone comes along and is just like, look, you want to make some money? Yeah. Come with us. Or people that don't have strong family connections are looking for that love, looking for that. Mm. And then someone's like, look, our gang is a family. We all look after each other. Rah, rah, rah. And when you're 12, 13, 14, you're like, yes, this is what I need. So you're, you're all about joining the gang. You're all about like kind of impressing the gang leader and finding your place in the gang. But what you don't realize is you're just being used like yeah they've sold like much like when i was last week when i was saying <laughs> we sell them the dream of mando armor and then we sell them <laughs> crap Boba Fett armor they're selling these kids the dream of family of riches of all these things that these kids don't think they're gonna get ultimately they're just getting used because they're the ones that are going to take the risk so the yeah. people in charge can just sit in their yard and just go about their business and know that it will never come back on them. And you see it in this. Yeah, you see the mutants are out there doing the crime for the mutant leader, but he doesn't them, does he? No, they're expendable. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're just they're pawns. Um, the scene with bats fighting in the smoke on the rooftop where you just see... Uh, the little line art tableaus of him yeah. in action. Uh, visually, that is that's my favourite scene of the film because I... it really is beautiful. Yeah, um, it's a really you know, just looking at it. You got the noise and you got the, you get like the POV from the, the the guy standing in front of the helicopter, yeah. and you just got those little like line art flashes, which completely different to the rest of the art style of the film. Yeah, it really make it really makes them pop and they're really effective because it perfectly captures. The, the the feel and the atmosphere of what's happening right then. It's I really it's really like that scene. It's one of the most Batman depictions of Batman as well. It's the kind of what do they say in Batman Begins? Um, art uh, the art of deception. Mm. So like he throws the smoke thing because there's one of him and there's loads of them and there are. Yeah. So it's like, how am I going to get the advantage in this situation? I know I'm smart. I'm Batman. I'm going to yeah. throw the smoke bombs and then I'm going to work my way through the smoke taking them out one by one i love it it's one of the most yeah batman moments of the, the entire book or the film i also like the fact that he seems to be using the scarecrow's fear gas in that yeah. smoke as well which i don't which kind of left me wondering why does it not affect him he's not wearing because i made sure i looked once the kind yeah. of guy kind of sees him as the demon mm. version of batman i'm like well, he's not wearing a respirator. He's not wearing anything to stop him. He's not wearing a gas mask. I assumed, with a gas was, mask. I assumed it was his own recipe of the, the fear gas and he had like inoculated himself against it or something. 
to be fair, that is the most Batman thing that Batman would do. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) How would Batman fix this? He would make his own version of it, which he was immune to. There we go, Batman. Batman did. I love it. Um, Batman is so fucking awesome. I could have started so many of my notes with that one line. Batman is so fucking awesome. (laughs) I love Batman, and there are deep reasons for my love of batman but we'll get into them on another batman episode um batman is so fucking awesome he can run across a rope (laughs) when we saw that oh my god um he fires that rope across and cody was like wow that's like assassin's creed i was like that is some proper he is he is channeling some Ezio there mate Uh, you just brought up brought up the other thing I wanted to talk about and I completely forgot to bring up the trailer for the new Assassin's Creed game. First time I ever saw a computer game trailer where I was like, "Hmm, I need to go get an Xbox and buy that game." <laughs> I'll probably get it after Christmas. I complete. This has got nothing to do with this film, but Assassin's Creed lost me after the last one. I got four hours, five hours into Odyssey, and I was just like, "This okay. is Assassin's Creed." I'm not interested in it anymore and just stopped. And I, that's why I'm not excited for the new game. Oh, I'll pick it up. Just to see so good. It does. The trailer looks really good, but everything I've heard about the actual gameplay in the game itself just doesn't. Yeah. Most of it doesn't appeal to me. So are they just flogging a dead horse now? They're just putting the it's, Assassin's Creed logo on things that it's a whole new game. It doesn't play. None of the, the last two games haven't played like Assassin's Creed games. I realized I, that they got to a point where Assassin's Creed was just basically the same thing with different, backgrounds different yeah. accents but that was assassin's creed these new games they're open world almost rpg games and it's oh, okay yeah my probably a good game i'd probably really enjoy it if it didn't have the assassin's creed logo on it yeah. <laughs> my understanding of assassin's creed is isn't it something like you're in the future and now you have to go back in time to get someone from your lineage and you go back and play as that i don't basically yeah well you're in the present and you're basically using special devices to go back and view your genetic history your genetic memory yeah it's quite cool i really enjoyed them and i really like the premise but yeah i just don't like the new game they're making an assassin's creed tv show i think they are indeed yes uh on netflix which would be interesting especially since i really enjoyed the film that they made um back to the film sorry there's yeah, a scene the where they're in the um, in the supermarket and in the background. <laughs> yeah, when I he puts hands to the, the, the door shot and you can see the little rack. Yeah, with all the comics in it. Oh, I love with, that. Um, Sandman, Swamp Thing, yeah. and Watchmen. Yeah, basically, all of the film, all of the comic books that were like genre changing that come out in the eighties. There was that. There was a period of time where um like a lot more adult orientated comic books were being written by like neil gaiman and adam moore and frank miller and i love the fact that in this they shout them all out yeah right uh, right there such a nice little touch um one of the few nigga i had that with uh how terrifying would it be to wake up to batman hanging you over the edge of a building Yeah, you're just like, oh, I can't see anything. And he's like, oh, no, look, hanging over the building. Yeah, yeah no, like, that would be like, I'll tell you what, you do this, you do that, and I'll, I might help you. And he's like, you're in no place to uh, yeah, to be no bargaining right now. He's like, let me show you. And he takes the blindfold off, and he's just like, ah, that, would, 
Yeah. Freak. That, that would be uh, that would be a bowel loosening moment. Yeah. Squeaky bum time. Um, the bat tank is so over the top. It's brilliant. I. You know what? Watching that. I mean, for a start, I absolutely loved it. The the fucking bat tank with its with its flexible, extendable neck bit on the front, and it reminded me just how much I really want a tank. Every so often, I go through these, I go through these phases, and I'll, I'll be online. I'm looking up like military surplus vehicles and stuff. And the, one of the first things I do, if I ever become rich, is I will buy myself a tank because I just ah, oh, I really want a tank. Damn it! <laughs> Maybe you should buy yourself a house with a few acres that you can like you know drive your tank around on. I'd buy the tank first, and then I'd go and get the house. Because oh, then mate, be where like, would you like, even park it? I've tried to park on your street. I have to park three streets over. It'd be, no, it'd be easy. I could park wherever I wanted on my fucking street. I'd be in a tank. <laughs> but like, oh, man, look at this. Look at this inconsiderate parking by one of my neighbours. You know, hashtag, they do this all the fucking time. Oh, uh, look, you've parked. You've managed to get your tiny little car to take up the space that three regular cars could fit in. I don't know how you've managed this, but I'm just going to reverse my tank straight over you. <laughs> They'd be like, you destroyed my car. Fuck off, I'm in a tank. Yeah. Plus Stressed. I'd be rich, so I'd just be like, I don't care, I'll buy you a new car. <laughs> when they're standing outside in the street screaming at you about their car, you just turn. You just revolve the, the, the turret. Yeah. <laughs> don't say anything. Don't do it quickly. Just do it very slowly. Just Yeah. Just point the barrel at They don't know that the gun's been deactivated. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do love the bat tank. The first time Batman faces the mutant leader, it's, it's quite horrible to watch. Quite horrible it's really to watch. weird seeing Batman getting his ass handed to him yes. like that. Because it, it it's not normal that that happens. No. Especially in an animated uh, thing. Because in most of the animated things, he, he might get a little bit a little bit grazed. There'll be a little trickle of red down yeah. the side of his mouth. But in this, he, gets, he just gets beaten. He gets thoroughly pounded and he's only saved by what's her name uh swinging in and distracting him at the last minute because otherwise batman would be dead bat it'd be ex batman i know he's a fictional character and i know it's a cartoon but (laughs) watching batman get beat just (laughs) hurts my feelings (laughs) hurts my feelings a lot um i have i have another old man moment no oh god None of these villains are wearing ear protection whilst firing all these guns, even when they're indoors. I mean, be a bad guy, but that's no excuse to not take care of your hearing because you'll miss it when it's gone. As yeah. I can attest, being almost deaf in my left ear. <laughs> take care of your hearing, kids. There we go. That was my so old true. man moment. It's, it it's so, so true. true. <laughs> As a man that's like shot a gun in real life. And knows just how loud it is. And there's also pretty deaf in his right ear. Um, <laughs> I can tell you, you should you should appreciate your hearing while you can, while you've still got good hearing. Appreciate it because although your parents will tell you, you know these things won't last forever. Blah blah blah. You're not indestructible. Mm-hmm. Your hearing will go, and if, eventually you won't be able to listen to things in stereo. It'll only no. be mono. You only yep. have yourself to blame. I have a um, bad back and I'm half deaf and my eyes are blurry over certain distances. It's like, kids, when your parents tell you, you know, do this, don't, you know, bend, pick up with the knees, but not with your back and, and, and don't listen to music too loud and don't stare at the screen all night long and, and don't read in the half light. Seriously, kids, 
I, I, I am at that point now where all of those those chickens have come home to fucking roost, and I am falling apart at the seams, all because of my my lack of care when I was younger. I love your attempt to frame the narrative that you have been picking up heavy boxes, but we all know your bad back is from bending over too much. <laughs> I mean, it's it's actually from like road traffic incidents, two of them in a row. But yeah, yeah. Um... <laughs> um, the mayor's comical attempts and negotiations show why, on rare occasions, oh. fire must be felt must be fought with fire. Oh my God! Who? I just I can <sighs> see Bojo doing it though. I can see Bojo yeah. being like, "Don't worry." I'm going to negotiate, but I don't negotiate, but I'm going to negotiate. I'll be fine because I can negotiate, even though I won't negotiate, but I can negotiate. And then he'd get killed. So, was anyone actually surprised that locking the mayor in a cell with, with a, a, a basically released psychopathic murderer ended in the mayor's death? Did anyone right. not see that coming? <laughs> I love it. I, think, because... I actually think Commissioner Gordon did it on purpose. Because he was like, this man's a prick. Because like, yeah. I love how in these first two like interviews, it's like, no, no, we're still collating the votes. No, no, yeah. no we're still reaching a decision. It's like, yeah, yeah that is a proper politician's answer. Politician, yeah. Not an actual answer. No, we're still deciding what to do. And Gordon just has enough of it and says, yeah, go in there. You fucking negotiate. I'll just stand out here and drag your corpse out afterwards. I love there's one bit of dialogue that just sells the whole thing to me. It's like, he says like, you don't have to do this. And he's like, the polls say i do the polls and i'm like and i'm like that is so real world because if bojo yeah. thought the polls wanted him to go into a room with the mutant leader bojo would be in that room with the like mutant leader getting yeah. his throat bitten out wouldn't be hiding um, in the fridge then <laughs> now since saying as we're talking about the mutant leader his nipples what the fuck i have i have a note just on that nipple spikes on the mutant leader yeah. i mean Clearly, he watched Mad Max 2 um, way too often as a, during his formative years and decided that was the look he wanted for not only himself, but his entire gang, because they're all yeah. that sort of wasteland fetish outfits that are just that's something else, it's like really. Cyclops <laughs> from the X-Men decided to get into fetish. <laughs> it's like um, Killer Croc and, yeah. and fucking Cyclops had a baby. Who was born in a fetish club? <laughs> I just, I think Miller has a thing because there's something in part two about nipples that I that we will talk about when we get when we cover that. But yeah, it's, there's lots of like nipple related stuff in, in that book that makes no sense to me. Um, <laughs> the mutants seem to have an obsession with pegging, like you. Um, I've only got a couple of notes left. Um, one of my favourite bits of dialogue, and in the book it's uh, in a monologue, but it actually made its way into the into the film, which I'm really happy about. Mm. This isn't a mud hole. It's an operating table, and I'm the surgeon. Yeah. I love that right at the end when they're fighting. That's, that fight, that, that whole moment where you see Batman, because up until then Batman's been kind of, he's fallen back on, on his old, trick sort of thing back from when he was younger when he could overpower the villains and and he, we see him obviously get his ass beat when he tries to pull that trick with the mutant yeah. leader who's who's younger faster and stronger um 
And then we see him there and he set that whole thing up. He's he's actually used his his genius level intellect to get the release. And the one route he can take out puts him right there where he's already gathered the whole gang to watch this fight. And then in one fell swoop, he negates the mutant leader's advantages over yeah. him. And it's like, yes, that's the Batman we want to see. That's the Batman who managed to defeat the most powerful man in the universe. That's, you know, yeah. it, it does kind of pull a little bit from the bat god sort of idea but yeah. um in a very realistic way because yeah he's had to they're fighting in a slimy pit full of mud because then they're both constrained to move at the same sort of speed which yeah that's that's bat thinking that is yeah it's definitely bat thinking um is there a more ominous ending to a film than the joker waking up <laughs> <laughs> i just have a note at the end of this says, oh Hey, Joker. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, that, is, uh, that is a, that's a great way to sort of say, say, um, segue Segway. into, into a, a sequel. Because it's, you're just like, oh, there he is. Yeah, like, okay, so you've been fighting all these people. You had to fight Two-Face and then you fought this mutant leader that's beat you once. And what's next? And then right at the end, you just see him wake up and you're like, oh, yeah. fuck. The joke is coming. <laughs> um, I got you one more. To cover most of my notes in in yours. I got one more note. Big up Paget Brewster. I alluded to this earlier. I can't for the life. I know I should have looked this up, but I'm hoping you'll tell me. In the final season of Community, yeah, um, a brunette woman comes into it. Yes, I yeah. can't remember her name. Paget Brewster. Oh, is that her? Yeah. Who's she, she plays voice in this? Lana Lang, one of the TV presenters. Oh. I know her as a stalwart of Criminal Minds. She's like, she's in, uh, apart from a couple of seasons where her character fakes a death to get out of a situation, she's yeah. in it. By the end, she's like the boss of the whole BAU. But yeah. So when I when I see her pop up in um, Community, I was like, oh, 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 I fucking love Paget. And then when I found <laughs> out that she voiced the character in this as well, I was like, oh, she's not just a, a behavioral analyst for the BAU. She, she's in Community. <laughs> she's in this as well. She's just so fucking good. I love Big Up Paget Brewster. Well, the one... I did not expect to see you anywhere near Batman. And I'm <laughs> so glad I have. The one uh, voice actor I picked up on uh, was the mutant Don, because obviously you see the two of them with their with their names on their jumpers, which is yeah, nice. My name is Rob, and my name is Don. Yeah. Yeah. And do you know who voices Don? No. D. Bradley Baker, better known to Star Wars fans as every animated clone. Ah. Uh-huh. Yeah. There you go. As soon as he spoke, I was like. That's that's the clones. That's the clones. Who voiced the clones? And I had to. I made a note to go and do it. And I looked it up when I was writing my notes up. Yeah, it's uh, D. Bradley Baker. He voices. I didn't even. I didn't notice that. He voices him, and uh, he does a couple of other incidental voices throughout the episode. Uh, one of the shopkeepers, I think, he voices as well. Okay. Um, yeah, and he does uh, their voices, and that's that's uh, yeah, all the clones. Know, yeah, because I know, I know when you sign up to do a character in an animated film or TV show, or whatever they normally sign you up for the character and mm. then for like a 
NPC character, like a, a background yeah, yeah. character as well. So you're playing both at the same time. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I, I did not hear that it was him. I never it's knew probably that. The lack of, uh, it's the lack of uh, New Zealand. What do you call it? New Zealand accent. Yeah. <laughs> Which he does really well, because considering he's not a New Zealander. <laughs> yeah. Taking us full circle to back to the Mandalorian, where right away back again, yeah. <laughs> where Boba turns up. Oh. Yeah, and look like a ball bag. <laughs> Scarred ball um, bag. Do I have any more notes that you haven't already covered in some form? I don't think I do. Oh, there's actually one. Um, there's a couple of moments in this film where Bruce almost seems to be drawing power from like some kind of external force. I mean, yeah, it's kind of framed yeah. as being, yeah, when he sees like the big bat in the thing and he's talking to it and you get that voice, that yeah. ominous voiceover. It's like, it's almost like he's drawing from this sort of, I really like the idea that he could be drawing from some sort of uh, spirit of vengeance or some ancient animal spirit. Probably because one of the um, one of the characters that we're playing in World of Warcraft is interacting with these trolls, and they have these things called Loa, which are right. ancient animal spirits, and they each worship that this you know, one member of this pantheon sort of thing. Um, and one of them is the Bat God. Uh, and I, I was think. like, yeah, it's kind of like he's drawing his power because he gets his ass beat, and then he goes and hangs <laughs> out in a cave and talks to this manifestation of this giant monster demon bat thing. And then he suddenly comes back and he's all like fit and ready to go. It's and it's bad like, law, uh, isn't it? It's like when he was a child, mm. bats were the thing that scared him the most because he had the experience of bats. So he needed to regain fear. Mm. To me, it's like he's not performing at his utmost because yeah. he doesn't fear. It almost goes back to. And this is why one of the reasons why the inner monologues probably should have been in there. Goes back to the beginning. Like, he has no fear. He's driving that race car, regardless yeah. of what people are telling him. Doesn't care if he dies. Doesn't care, really. And it's only the fact that it's not the perfect death. He's not dying as bad. We, we see it of... in his first encounter with the with the mutants. Yeah. When he's walking home after meeting with, after chatting to Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. And those two try and... Uh, try and mug him and he's just like come on bring it on yeah, and they're like oh it. ain't no fun yeah. if spud into it yeah <laughs> which yeah which is dark in itself like it's a, yeah. almost a throwaway line but when you really think about it it's like no they're sadomasochists it's only yeah. pleasurable to them if you're the not other person enjoying screaming it. no he's, yeah he's channeling louis he really is doing a yeah. louis there isn't he he's like you lack the courage of your convictions sir yeah. It's like, come on, have at me. <laughs> and they're all like, oh, man. Oh, you stinky bag of waffle. Yeah. <laughs> and off they scamper. Yeah, <laughs> everything, it's... everything comes back to Interview of the Vampire. Yeah. And that's why we covered it first. <laughs> there we go. We um, sat at our stall. <laughs> yeah, there's like, I guess that's how they walk the line between doing a film that adults can enjoy but also framing it in a way that a child wouldn't be horrified. Yeah. Like, is by I, saying, there, I watched this with the commander and, and he was, he was fine with it. He enjoyed it. Yeah. It's, there's no, he's not looking at it like, Oh, they're sadomasochists. He's yeah. looking at it like, Oh, like he's not scared. So therefore 
we're not going to fight him. We need the yeah. fear. And fear plays such a big part. Like, they don't want to do it because he doesn't fear them. Therefore, they don't have the upper hand. But then yeah. he has to go and find the thing that scares him the most, which is the bat, just to kind of get that sense of fear back. Because once he gets the sense of fear, it's operating at a higher level. Yeah. And he's able to kind of think like the Batman and perform like the Batman. But before that, he was just, he just had a death wish. He was just on a suicidal mission. Yeah. Of, he was just he, going out and wanted to beat as many guys as he could before one of them yeah. took him down. Yeah. And that's why he lost because he had no fear of losing. It was only mm-hmm. when he got the fear back by going to see the bats that he was like, oh no, now I'm Batman again. Now I know what can be lost. I need to operate at this level can, to make sure. Yeah. I now lose. I'm fighting properly again. I'm really looking forward to doing part two. <laughs> part two is, is better than part one. I I um I read the summary for part two on Wikipedia because I was like, oh, where, where did I go from here? And I was like, oh my god, everything happens in part two. I was like, yeah, that's 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 quite there's quite a lot of stuff that's coming up. <laughs> one of my favorite podcasts ever was a. Uh, episode of uh, fat man or batman back when it was called fat man or batman um <laughs> it was with grant morrison mm. so it's two parts it's like four hours long but grant morrison hands down is one of the most fascinating people i've ever listened to talk in my entire life but he kind of i'd never noticed it before i'm not going to sit here and take the plaudits for being like i'm so smart i saw this because <laughs> i didn't but it's the book and the two films if you watch them back to back are very operatic it kind of starts as one man on his own walking the streets on his mission but by the end of the by the end of the book and by the end of both films like it's grown to such a level where like superman's involved and yeah it's grown from one man's kind of death wish into this big global thing at the end and it does it very seamlessly what's the way you what's the way you always frame it like the boiling frog yeah, you kind of don't notice it because it's done so subtly. But yeah, yeah, it goes from one man's story to being something huge and amazing at the end, like an opera would. And it's yeah, it's it's a reason that we will cover the book on its own one day. There's a reason we'll go back and cover the other the other film. There's a the reason this is so <laughs> revered, and it's because it's just such a clever and amazing piece of art. Um, you say, actually, I'm just looking at the list of what's what we're doing next week um so that we can actually announce it professionally at the end of this episode because even though like fucking last week we had all this planned out we as as i put on on our social medias we have the rest of this year planned out we know what we're doing for every episode um, and we're still forgetting to mention it (laughs) but um have you seen uh batman ninja yet no i haven't that that's that's batshit crazy (laughs) i've been told to watch it i've been told by a few people that love Batman yeah. like I love it's Batman. It's not very long it's either. Just... I think it's only, it's only about an hour, I think. Um, okay. But yeah, it's mental. You, you talk about boiling frog, mate. Yeah. <laughs> the frog don't just get boiled, it explodes. My my <laughs> original choice for this was Batman Year One, but that is literally an hour long and I was like, I don't know if we're going to be able to get the content. Can, can we make an episode? <laughs> yeah. So we will do it at some point because it's really good, but yeah. Um. So have you got a score for this? Um, I have, and I know you're not going to like me for this score, but we already established I'm not a big Batman fan. 
Yeah. Um, and the Frank Miller Batman, it really isn't my Batman. No, I get so that. It's only, it's only getting a six from me. That's not bad. I thought I really thought you were going to say five, to be honest. No, I enjoyed it, and it gets it gets it probably gets that extra point because it was something I could sit there and watch with Cody. Yeah. Um, which seems to be incre- a vanishingly small amount of things when we're reviewing stuff for this uh, podcast. There's not much I can sit and watch with him around. This was one of them, and he really enjoyed it. So uh, yeah, it gets that extra point. So it gets a six from me. Um, I'm going to go with seven. Because I need to give myself leeway for when we do part two. <laughs> but yeah, I love Batman. I will go into my reasons for like my deeper reasons for for loss philosophical reasons for loving <laughs> Batman on another Batman episode. But yeah, I love Batman. But um, yeah, I'm going to give it a seven. So okay. we've got what thirteen? Oh, uh, yeah, thirteen. I feel bad. <laughs> you know, don't this is a combined score isn't it because you know it might be something you love but i don't yeah. I, starship troopers comes to mind yeah. <laughs> yeah. um yeah i enjoyed it i can't say i'll watch it again but i will happily watch the second part because it was good enough that it you know it kept me interested throughout and it gave me it gave us sort of an hour's worth of of notes so it can't Before... have been that terrible before we get out, there's one thing that we didn't talk about that I really thought we would, mm. and that is just how good the animation is, like how good the whole thing yeah. looks. Like I mean, as an never, an, as an that. anime fan, yeah. <laughs> I, no, but I I've think... seen I've seen some anime or animated things where I'm just like, oh god, the style yeah. doesn't match the tone. Yeah. Whereas this, I think it's all. Perfect. This Warner Brothers, in a, in a lot of ways, made a rod for their own back when they made Batman the Animated Series. Oh yeah, because they they effectively set the bar for any, not only for any Batman animation, regardless of who's doing it from then on, but also for any animation they do from then yeah. on. And Warner Brothers, Looney Tunes, isn't it? Yeah, they've they are they they set the bar for Western animation as far as I'm concerned, because anything. If they produce anything subpar, you're like, yeah, but why was that subpar? Look when at your you... back catalogue. You've got yeah. no excuse. Um, other people, other studios doing stuff like that, that's that's a, a bit ropey sort of thing. I think I just, I don't, I just expect it. They, they, yeah. they're, they're, the animation in this was smooth, flawless, and tonally on point, which is basically what I expect from such an established, it would be like Studio Ghibli for me doing something that was shit you know if, if howl's moving it, castle yeah, yeah. was no if it you wouldn't comment on the animation unless it was shit or subpar yeah. in some way because in a way that like i said that they've made a rod for their own backs by being that good and setting the bar that high that unless they don't match their own standards people aren't really gonna comment no. on it because you just expect it which is you, it's a it's a compliment because you expect yeah, oh yeah animation to be the gold standard and the fact that we haven't mentioned it kind of is because it is a gold standard <laughs> i just wanted to shout it out because i think it's fucking gorgeous but it is worth shouting talking out, about yes. the animated series do you know that they like rewrote the animation book to make that show did they yeah before 
before they made that, all on on like white backgrounds. Mm. But in order to get that kind of dark noir feeling, they did for this. It was all done on black mm. backgrounds, so they would cut the buildings out and lay them on top. Yeah. And it, yeah. I can't get into the specifics because I'm not I'm not an animator. Yeah. But I know that, I know that they completely like rewrote the rule book to make that show, which is why it's got such a distinctive look. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, it stands out from everything else around it. Yeah. Is that available on Blu-ray yet? I know I, I, had, I did get a copy of it from some I think I downloaded it from somewhere, but it was it was rips off of the TV, so it was like TV quality from back I, in the fucking nineties or whatever, which was awful. I, I rewatched a vast amount of it recently. Well, not recently, probably about a year ago on Amazon. Mm. Amazon. So uh, I know it was available on there at one point, but I don't know if it's still there. Might have to check it out because that'll be better quality than the versions I had. And it kind of spoiled it for me because watching stuff like then from back then, or we were watching the, the Fresh Prince. Yeah. Um, which is why Cody now proudly tells everyone his favorite actor is Will Smith. Um, <laughs> and why he went to school uh on the friday it was a non-uniform day and he went to school and he wanted to wear one of his baseball caps and he had it on the side like will smith does in the fresh prince <laughs> um but you want to make sure you don't have him in the car with you with his sideways baseball cap on because you might <laughs> we'll get pulled over they'll be like yeah. excuse me sir is this your car uh no officer it's mine yeah <laughs> why are you oh, talking okay. to the six-year-old in the back do you know if your son is currently a trapper? No? <laughs> All right, then. Don't worry. Look, mate, you're sitting on a Batman seat, okay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he ain't no crim. Check yeah. it out. Look, the cop holders are the, the hammers of justice. <laughs> oh, no, the fists of justice, isn't it? Yeah. Because Captain Hammer um, is that the is. Uh, <laughs> the hammer of justice. <laughs> oh, I had a point I was going to make there. I can't remember what it was. Um animation batman rewriting the rule book watching stuff from back in the day and now it's jar oh yeah 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 yeah. because um the fresh prince that's where i was going with that the fresh wow. prince. i remembered something you did well done it's only me having to do that yeah um yeah the fresh prince is obviously that was aired in like the early 90s um it was like 92 93 or something and yeah it was quite jarring the first yeah. when we first started watching it, especially the very early episodes, the quality is gradually improving yeah. as we work our way through the years. But yeah, like when you first started, they were they were filming it in like the late night, late eighties sort of thing, for standard the little square TV size, which looks ridiculous because even on bloody Netflix, it's there. You've got these big black bars down the side of the oh, screen, I hate that. and the going from sort of like watching something that was made the last few years and is you know basically. For, can be viewed in 4k almost yeah. to watching that which is almost webcam quality <laughs> it's like it's quite jarring but you do get used to it but i, <laughs> I find that that i ha, if there's something i'm really into watching these days it has to be in good quality or i just can't handle it <laughs> uh first world problems first yeah it's a proper first world <laughs> problem and it's such a snobby first world problem as well but to be honest, listen, the listeners probably expect that sort of thing from me by now. Listen, they know what I'm, I'm like. I'm the one that sat last week and was like, I watched a Mandalorian on my laptop, didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on my on my 60 inch TV and fell in love with it. So yeah, I'm <laughs> I 
like I'm not snobby about many things in life, but I'm snobby about the way I kind of take in yeah, my media. The way I consume my media. Yeah. yeah. Oh, can't be dealing with that. Okay. Not on that note. Wait, 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 wait. We said we were going to announce what we were doing next week. We're going to be professional about this, and then we've not done it yet. So such a dirty word. Shut up. Um, next week we are in a way going back to our our roots, back to again, back to interview the vampire because we're doing a uh, Tom Cruise film. Ugh. Oh, you love Tom Cruise, really. I see it in your eyes. I, I know whose name you cry out when you're fapping. Um, <laughs> oh, Tom. Um, if only you were so sure. Do your ears burn? <laughs> um, we are covering uh, The Last Samurai next week. So, uh, yeah, the, the, the two people listening to this, go and uh, watch The Last Samurai so you can know what we're talking about. There we go. Now you, you can do your thing. Lou got very excited when I posted that on, on Instagram. He DM'd me. He's like, I've always wanted to watch this film, but I haven't got around to it. Now I have an excuse. You have an like, excuse. Do it. <laughs> I've only seen it once. And that was like years ago. Matt lent me the DVD. He was like, mm. watch this film. It's really good. And I enjoyed it. I can't remember it. I, I haven't seen it for a while, but I've, I've seen it a couple of times and I remember really enjoying it. And it's, it's one of those rare films where Tom Cruise isn't detestable. Okay. <laughs> so there we go. Right now, do your thing. <laughs> uh, find what you love. Believe in it. Positive things will happen. I'm Batman.